Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You're listening to Star Wars. The saga continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find out full of surprises. It's not over yet. No. There is another. Hey there, Star Wars fans. You're listening to episode 38 of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news and rumors on Star Wars Episode 7 and the standalone Star Wars films and Battlefront and Rebels and all this new and exciting cool stuff coming up in the Star Wars universe. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, Kyle. Man, it's great to be back doing another episode because, geez, what a great week we had last week. News after news after news was just like, man, this is the, one of the best weeks ever if you're a Star Wars fan. It was just nonstop. So I'm excited to get started talking about it. It's going to be fun. Yeah, we definitely have a lot of stuff to cover. Um, I'm back from Phoenix Comic Con over this past weekend. And uh, yeah, like you said, it's been a pretty busy couple of weeks. And, uh, I mean, after our last episode that we recorded a couple of weeks ago, we pretty much decided then, like, we were going to do our next episode after E3 because we knew there was going to be some news about Battlefront and maybe some other Star Wars games coming out of there. So we were like, okay, let's just plan ahead to do an episode after that. And uh, last week I was busy finishing up stuff for Comic-Con and packing and finishing costumes and getting my movie ready to go and all that kind of stuff. And then there was like all this Star Wars news coming down the pipe. And I'm like, man, I wish I could record an episode right now and cover all this stuff so we don't have to do a three-hour episode covering all this plus Battlefront and everything else next week. But didn't really have time for it last week. So here we are. Um, for those of you listening, you'll probably have already seen the timestamp on this, but we have no idea how we're going to, how long we're going to end up going, but this should be a good one. Uh, we'll probably spend a lot of time getting to talk about all this cool Star Wars stuff. Yeah. So sit back, relax, have the headphones on, or if you're in your car and have a long drive, <laughs> this will get <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but before we start, we got, I got to ask you Kyle about how everything went with your uh, premiere of the, your fan film, The Dark Heart. I mean, it was had to be really cool to have it shown on a big screen with an audience there after all the work you put into it. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Um, unfortunately, I mean, I was so busy doing other stuff around Comic-Con and had an awesome time. I mean, it's not a bad thing that I was going around to panels and all this other kind of stuff, but I didn't really get to watch a lot of the other films that were shown there. Um, so I didn't really see uh, my competition or what I was up against or anything, but um, I guess I, like I was, my film, my film got shown in this block of like uh, superheroes and fan films uh, like on Saturday evening, and I guess there was uh, somebody else in that same block who had a Batman fan film, or I think it was a uh, Superman. It was called Girl of Steel, oh, and <laughs> uh, he had. I, I guess the director of that film had gone around like really promoting it and getting a lot of people to show up for it and stuff. So the room was actually pretty packed. 
Um, it was, I mean, the block was from like five to six thirty. We were competing with Nathan Fillion's panel. Um, I actually went to Nathan Fillion's panel and left a few minutes early and came straight from there to the film festival just to catch the beginning of my film. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a, a pretty good sized screening room. I mean, not as big as a movie theater or something, but, uh, you know, a pretty good sized room there in the convention center and they had it playing on a big screen and there were a lot of people there and I had a lot of friends there with me and, uh, you know, some of my actors and cast and crew members, uh, that did work with me on the film. So it was great to be there with all those guys. And, uh, you know, we took some like whole cast and crew pictures together afterwards and, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I had a few strangers that I didn't know who were there for the film to come up and tell me afterwards that they really liked it and, uh, cool. seemed to get a pretty good reaction from the crowd. So it was an awesome experience. And, uh, yeah, I mean, especially being as big a Star Wars fan as I am and getting to show off my Star Wars fan film to other fans and geeks there at Comic-Con. It was, it was really great. Nice. This is just a start for you, Kyle. Right now it's, a fan film premiere at Phoenix Comic-Con. Next thing you know, it's going to be a big premiere for the Star Wars standalone film or episode 12 or something. <laughs> You'll be attending. I can dream. Yeah. <laughs> or, or it'll be, you know, me just showing up to one of those things because I'll be a, an actor as a Wookiee. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you still get invited that way. <laughs> yeah, either way, man. But yeah, I mean, obviously it would be a, a huge opportunity and a dream come true to be involved in any of anything that Lucasfilm is doing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this was a, a really cool experience and yeah, hopefully leads to more stuff down the road. Um, and I will be posting the film pretty soon online for, uh, you know, you guys that are uh, interested to watch it and uh, looking forward to that. So I will definitely keep you guys posted. I'm thinking probably within a week or two, um, I might still work on it a little bit and make a few more tweaks and things to it. And then I'll uh, post it online pretty soon here. Definitely by the end of the month, I'm planning to. So I'll have that up on YouTube or Vimeo or something like that and uh, definitely post the link and let you guys know when that's up. Cool. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the second part. I saw the first part, and then you left me hanging with a cliffhanger, so <laughs> <laughs> got to see the rest. Yeah, well, I posted the first part just uh, you know for friends and family to see on Facebook, and um, this isn't going to be like a part one and part two. It's just one long 22-minute uh, film all put together. So it was cool to be able to see uh, the whole thing for the first time on a big screen too. I mean, obviously I've watched it, but, um, when I had the, the screening for my, uh, my final film project for school, we got to watch it in a movie theater, but I only had the first half of it done at that point. So to be able to have another premiere and get the whole thing up there, that was pretty cool. I guess the last question I'll ask you about it. Are you sick of your own movie yet? <laughs> have you seen it enough times to work out it where it's like, I don't want to see it anymore. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Not, I, I wouldn't say I'm sick of it, but, um, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't get as excited watching it now as I did the first time I saw the whole thing put together because um, it's like I've shown it to a few people now. I've watched it with my family. I've watched it with my actors. I've shown it to a couple other people. So um, even watching it up at Comic-Con, I was like, okay, I've seen this like a few times now that I'm not like super excited just to see the whole movie put together. But I was excited to to get to watch it with an audience. But uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm sick of it, but I definitely have spent a lot of time working on it and have watched it several times now. So I am kind of ready to be done with it. But at the same time, it's like I'm, I'm proud of it and I'm happy with it. So it's not just like, oh, get this thing out of here. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. Glad everything went well for you at the premiere too. But just from talking, I know you put so much work into a lot of time working those lightsaber effects so to have it all come to a nice payoff at the end for premiere at a comic convention is cool to hear so job yeah. well done kyle yeah well thank you very much and thanks to uh, some of you guys i know brian bailey especially was uh 
tweeting and uh, wishing me well uh, before the premiere. So uh, thanks for all you guys' support and everything with that. Um, and look forward to getting your reactions once I post it and you guys get to check it out too. So again, I'll keep you posted about all that. But uh, we've got plenty of big Star Wars news to talk about, too, that doesn't just involve me and fan films. But um, really? That wasn't a big story? <laughs> no, that, that was uh, certainly something big for me. But, um, you know, lots of stuff making waves online these past couple weeks, one of which being that we have two new members officially added to the cast of Episode 7, and that would be Lupita Nyong'o, um, who recently won a Best Supporting Actress Oscar for 12 Years a Slave, and Gwendolyn Christie, who I'm not familiar with because I don't have HBO and watch Game of Thrones, but she's on that show, and I've heard a lot of people uh, who like that show who are pretty excited about this announcement as well and are excited to see her in Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, just great to get more casting news for her. We knew it was coming, but at the same time, when we finally get it, it's still great to hear and just get you more pumped up and excited, and yeah. The actresses they got seem great. I mean, Lupita Nyong'o has won an Oscar. I mean, you can't get much uh, higher praise than that, really. And then I'm in the same boat with you as far as Gwendolyn Christie. I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I'm not too familiar with her. But like you said, heard tons of praise for her on Twitter and online and all that stuff. So, And, of course, the speculation begins as far as who are these characters playing. You're hearing things that Lupita Nyong'o is playing Ventress or a Sith character. Then you... There are other things about Gwendolyn Christie as far as being a Jedi or some uh, military general, so kind of all over the place. But I don't know. I'm still trying to lay low and far speculating too much on my end because I just don't want to get an idea stuck in my head too much and then find out it's something different later on where I'm just so tied to that idea. So I try not thinking about that. But I still get the impression that Lupita Nyong'o in particular, one of them is probably playing a villain, but I just think Lupita Nyong'o might be the one who is going to be a villain. I know, I just don't want to say it because it's, she's been talking about so much because you heard her, she was in the rumor mill a while that she was going to be cast, and a lot of it was a Sith, uh, a Sith Lord or Ventress, I keep hearing a lot, even though I really don't think that's going to be uh, plausible or just an idea that they're going to go with, so I don't, not put too much into that. And then, uh, you'll probably mention it anyway, Kyle, but I'm just going to do it even though I hate hearing about it. That Obi-Wan's granddaughter or slash daughter offspring rumor that's still out there and it popped up again with this. And I was like, ah, almost ruined the moment of hearing that casting announcement. Someone had to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's still a lot of questions, of course, who they're playing. But as far as uh, actresses' quality of acting, I mean, it's another win for Lucasfilm, J.J. Abrams, and Kathleen Kennedy, Kathleen Kennedy getting more great actors to be in episode seven. So just, again, just get you more excited. Yeah, they, they definitely should uh, be some pretty great additions to the cast. And like you said, I've also been hearing a lot of rumors that Lupita Nyong'o is also uh, probably going to be playing a villain. Um, obviously nothing official on that yet. I don't think she has said anything about it. And as far as her playing Ventress, I don't think that, um, like, I don't know where that came from, but I mean, even if Ventress were going to be in the movie somehow, I don't really see Lupita Nyong'o playing her. Um, but I mean, we don't know how Avengers' storyline would have played out in the Clone Wars, but if anything, I mean, that is not a character that I see them bringing into episode seven, um, you know, like 50 or 60 years or however long it's been, you know, after the Clone Wars. But, um, the idea of her playing a villain though, and maybe being a female Sith Lord or something like that would seem pretty cool to me, um, because we haven't seen any, I don't think, no, we've never seen any female villains in Star Wars, um, you know, in the actual films. I mean, obviously yeah. there's been Ventress and uh, who's the other one, Darth Talon 
um, and some other people in the EU. But uh, yeah, there hasn't been any female villains in the movies yet. Um, and that could be pretty cool to see. But as far as Gwendolyn Christie, I'm going to stick my neck out right now and predict that she's playing Mara Jade. Um, I think she has the look for it. I think that, uh, you know, especially with a lot of rumors going around lately that maybe Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley are playing children of Han and Leia. It's like, I know we've had this discussion a lot before about the EU and how much they're going to draw from that and that they're not sticking to the EU exactly, that they don't have to sort of restrict themselves to following the same stories and the same characters. But I do think that they'll take certain elements from that. Um, and especially some of the main characters, like they'll obviously, I think, have at least one or two solo children. And uh, if Luke does end up getting married, I don't see a reason why it would be. I mean, you know, obviously they could pick someone other than Mara Jade if they wanted to, if they felt that that best suited the story. But that doesn't strike me as something that they're definitely going to do away with in that character. So um, I think, well, let me put it this way. If there is going to be any sort of love interest for Luke Skywalker in the movie, I think it's going to be her. Um, and also, I don't know if we brought this up a while ago, but I read a, an article somewhere online, and it was an interview with Karen Gillan, who uh, is an actress. She's playing Nebula in the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy film, and I know her best as Amy Pond from Doctor Who, and uh, kind of also have a crush on her, too. I mean, she's like this gorgeous <laughs> Scottish redhead, but... Um, for Guardians of the Galaxy, she shaved all her uh, shaved all her hair off to play this role of Nebula, who's like this bald space pirate. And I read an interview where she was talking about that and said that when they shaved all her hair off, they made it into a wig and kept it at Lucasfilm because, you know, it's a Marvel movie. They're part of Disney. Lucasfilm's part of Disney. And so that right there to me, I was like, okay, well, maybe they just did that as a precaution, like in case they decided to include Mara Jade in it like I don't know what stage of the script they were at in that you know at that point in time but that immediately jumped out at me as like okay we know from the EU and everything Mara Jade has red hair and so it's like if they decided to cast someone who didn't have red hair to play that role they could use this wig that she had and so um I mean I don't know if that really lends any credibility to it or if that's just me reading too much into it but I was like at least there is one other thing that's sort of pointing towards the the possibility of that character being in the movie at least that was the first thing I that jumped out at me when I heard that so yeah I don't know I think that might be a little bit of a stretch <laughs> as far as uh, her hair being the wig but how I've said it before and I say it again I really don't think any EU characters are going to be in it. And I'll be glad to say I'm wrong when we finally do see episode seven or get character reveals, but I just still can't shake that feeling of that. It's going to be totally brand new characters. So I'm still just waiting to hear the official announcement as far as I'm, when we do get that official announcement, I'm expecting to see brand new names that we never heard before. But at the same time too, I don't want to sound like I don't want to see that or I don't want to see Mara Jade. I think it'd be actually be pretty cool. I'm just not going to expect it. But another thing that kind of came to my mind, but not really a concern, just something that popped up to me. And I haven't seen it online anywhere, but I just wanted to ask you, Kyle, did you get a feeling at all once we got these two, uh, Lupita Nyong'o and Gwendolyn Christie announced as being part of episode seven? Does a thought in your head come to, well, is this cast getting too big? Are we getting too many characters in this movie where maybe certain ones aren't going to have enough screen time or certain characters won't be developed as much? Um, does that cross your head at all when, when uh, you sat down and then thought about how many new actors are in episode seven? Not really. Um, 
I mean, I kind of understand that feeling. I, I guess the thought maybe has crossed my mind a little bit, but at this point, it's not really something I'm worried about mm-hmm. um, because it does seem like a, a pretty big cast, but at the same time, um, it doesn't seem too huge. And even though, I mean, I, I think at this point, there's so much focus on like each individual actor because we don't have anything to go on story or character-wise, but obviously some of these are going to be supporting roles. It's not like we're going to be seeing every one of these characters in every scene, um, and you know, when you think about it, if you, if you look at the cast for the prequels, it's like, it wasn't just the big three. It's like you had, you know, Ewan McGregor and Liam Neeson and Samuel L. Jackson and Natalie Portman and, uh, you know, Ian McDermott. And I mean, that's just five, but you know, probably even more names that aren't like popping to my mind right at the moment. But, um, you know, I think once we once we see the movie and you see all these characters in their specific roles, I don't think it's going to be too crowded because obviously these guys aren't all main characters. They're all going to have their own place in the story, and I think it's going to work out. Yeah, I agree. I'm not really too concerned with it, but it is something that did pop in my head where more so because I expected to see a lot of like online articles or comments made about it because I'm kind of familiar with that with some superhero movies. I remember just recently for X-Men Days of Future Past, I saw a lot of worry as far as, oh, there's too many characters in here. How are they going to balance it out? And I think they did a great job. I mean, the characters they had to focus on, they did. And then, of course, they just had some characters there for some action sequences. And then, so just hearing some type of fan concern about uh, casting announcement when it seems to be getting a lot. And there was... A lot of actors in that table read, and now we got two more. So, I don't know, just something that I wanted to see if you thought of or kind of see if you thought maybe you were surprised that there hasn't been fan reaction to that because I personally think it's nice not to see any concern or worry about it because I'm not too worried. I think it's going to be balanced out perfectly probably by J.J. Abrams once the movie comes out. But more of a surprise, really, of not seeing any concern or worry about it. I mean, maybe when more casting gets announced, I'll hear that. But as of right now, it's good that more people are just excited about the caliber of actors they're getting and not worrying about, oh, it's too many actors in the in one movie. So, But again, with these two actresses, it's more cast members that I haven't seen their work of. So <laughs> it's probably going to be where episode seven is going to be my first experience to their work. I'm not sure if I'll see anything else before episode seven comes out that they're in. But so far, it's just Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Peter Mayhew, Anthony Daniels, and Kenny Baker are the actors I've seen previously. Well, and Andy Serkis. And Andy Serkis, of course. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, you know, I think you made a perfect point there with uh, X-Men Days of Future Past because even though I'm not really worried about the cast with Star Wars, I was kind of worried about the cast for X-Men. And I like the X-Men movies and I wanted Days of Future Past to be good. But leading up to it, I mean, it seemed like they announced a pretty big cast initially and I was pretty excited about it. I was like, oh, cool, they're going to, uh, you know, have a lot of the returning cast members and some new cast members, and we'll get to see a lot of characters in here. And then over the course of production, it's like, oh, this person's been added, and this person's been added, and this person's been added. And it got to a point where I was like, this seems like too much, and I'm afraid that these guys aren't going to get enough screen time, and it's not really going to work out, and it's just going to be this big mess where they tried to add too many characters in here, and they're going to feel just kind of shoehorned in, and it's going to be you know, kind of feel too busy and like they're focusing on quality over qu- or quantity over quality. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to say that that, uh, isn't the way it turned out, at least for me, I thought that movie was really good. Um, and so, yeah, I think if you, uh, take that same approach to star Wars, um, and like I said, I'm not really worried a- a- about the star Wars cast and I don't think it's 
as big yet as the X-Men cast was. So it's like, yeah, they might be adding a lot of actors, but uh, yeah, I'm not worried about like how much screen time these guys are going to be getting or um, if the cast is too big or anything like that. I think it's all going to work out. And if anything, I mean, the only concern I've really heard as far as people having complaints about the cast and stuff was that there weren't enough uh, female cast members. And that was after the initial announcement where it was just uh, Carrie Fisher and Daisy Ridley were the only women in the cast. Um, but I'm sure they still had this stuff going on behind the scenes and maybe they hadn't needed to cast these actresses for their roles yet, or maybe they just hadn't finalized their deals yet or whatever. But for all those people that were like writing these big, long feminist articles and like, Oh, JJ Abrams is better than this. And he should represent the female fans better and blah, blah, blah. Calm down. We've got two more female actresses in there now. So I think it's going to be a, you know, a pretty balanced cast. And it seems pretty diverse in terms of uh, both, gender and in terms of like the ethnicities of the cast members so um yeah i'm excited for it i mean it seems like a great cast like you said seems like they've got a lot of talented people and it seems like there's plenty of diversity in there for fans of all different backgrounds so uh yeah it should be a a great cast and a great movie yeah now do you think when we got the initial casting announcement that they had Lupita Nyong'o and Gwendolyn Christie set or just kind of just finalizing the contract details? Or do you think they were still looking during that time to get the right actors for these two roles? I don't know. Um, Yeah, it could be a situation where they had those actresses picked out and just hadn't finalized their contracts yet, or it could have been a situation where it was still down to, you know, they were still trying to decide between Lupita Nyong'o and one or two other actresses who were competing for the same role, or maybe it just wasn't as big of a priority. I mean, I'm sure they've got their production schedule planned out to where they know like, okay, we're going to need these actors for these scenes and these actors for these scenes. I mean, obviously the script is done and they know all the actors or all the characters who are going to be in it. And so they know like what parts they need actors for. And so it could have been something where, they're like, okay, well, we're not going to need need to start filming these roles until later, and so let's just focus on, you know, finalizing negotiations with John Boyega and Daisy Ridley and all these other people, and then we'll get to these other two, um, you know, cast members of these other two roles later. So I don't know exactly what the uh, what the process was there, but one thing I can definitely, you know, almost definitely tell you for sure is that these castings were not in response to. Uh, some of the negative fan reaction it's not like the fans said oh we need more cast members and jj abrams was like oh okay i'll find it go find a couple more ladies to add to the cast it's like i'm sure this was you know already you know behind the scenes going on in the works and just hadn't been finalized yet yeah i definitely agree with you there (laughs) there's no way this cast two other like well-regarded actresses too for that matter in just any generic role he thought of on the spot (laughs) because of that so yeah that's definitely not true yeah, well, we've got those two new additions to the cast, and then uh, the other really big uh, piece of news that's come out, um, this wasn't really official Lucasfilm press release type of news, but it's also not something that's just a rumor, but we already have our first leaked photos from the sets and sound stages and stuff of Episode Seven, um, and these were leaked on TMZ, which, you know, big paparazzi site and all that kind of stuff, so I don't know how they got this stuff, if there was, like, somebody on the crew or something that sent this to them. But obviously a lot of these pictures look legit. Like, this is actually stuff from the Episode 7 set. Um, I'm sure a lot of you have probably seen this yet. Some of you may be, uh, you know, holding off and afraid of spoilers and stuff. There's not really anything spoilerish in here um, unless you're trying to, like, completely avoid any information about the movie until you go see it. But you don't see 
any of the main actors in these shots. You don't see anything that reveals anything about the story. But uh, the, in this first set of photos, they posted like 40-something pictures from the set in Abu Dhabi, which definitely looks like it's Tatooine. Um, and they've got, you know, some stuff looking like the marketplaces that you see in like Mos Espa and the prequels and um, different like shacks and huts and stuff set up and vendors, which are just like extras in costume and stuff like that. Um, some weird new aliens and creatures and stuff, uh, including this big giant pig hippo looking <laughs> thing that I think the fans have officially dubbed the... Um, Oh, I'm blanking on the name now. The, oh, I think they called it a hog squaddle. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just like this giant hog-looking thing that's like real low to the ground and got these big stubby arms. But, I mean, it's probably a good 30 or 40 feet long or something like that. So, I mean, we might see some people riding on that in the movie. I don't know. But uh, I know this definitely had people excited seeing... Um, you know, just some of the new stuff that's going to be in the Star Wars movie. I mean, in some of the locations and the props and stuff. And again, you could see uh, certain areas of this um, little marketplace or town or whatever this is supposed to be that looks like it's right out of a Ralph McQuarrie uh, illustration. Yeah. Um, I've seen pictures going around of like a uh, an illustration that he did of Tatooine and it's um, like a settlement or something and they're going in through this big gate. Actually, I think it might be some concept art that he originally did for Jabba's Palace. Um, that had like this big sort of archway around the entrance to it. And uh, they've used that pretty much that exact same uh, archway as like the entrance to this settlement here on Tatooine. So, um, I mean, Tim, I don't know how you felt about this, but on the one hand, I was like, man, I really was hoping we wouldn't get like stuff leaked out just because, I mean, for me as a filmmaker and as a Star Wars fan, like I have respect for the project and I don't want, their hard work to go to waste and have people like spoil it before we get to see it in the movies. But at the same time, when there weren't really any spoilers revealed here and we just got to kind of get to see some of this stuff behind the scenes and get to see uh, just some early looks at what some of this stuff is going to look like. Part of me was going like, wow, that's pretty cool. Like we're seeing stuff that's actually going to be in a star Wars movie. And it was uh, pretty exciting. And I'm flipping through it again as we're talking about this. And I'm like, man, this does look like some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, man. I mean, this is the first thing that kicked off a great week of Star Wars news <laughs> last week. I remember I'm about to go to sleep. It was around 2 a.m. And I, I always check my phone, my Twitter feed before I go to sleep. And I saw a heading or a tweet that said, set photos from episode seven. I'm like, what? Is this a joke or is this some thing that something that's taken down already? What's going on? And I clicked the link and there it is. I'm seeing what looks to be Tatooine. I've seen new set strikers. I've seen extras and what looks to be robes that you would expect citizens from Tatooine to wear. To wear. And then I see an image that looks like almost, uh, to me, it looks like a pod racing engine. It was one of the earlier images. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Hopefully we'll see some uh, new additions to pod racers or something. And then, like you said, we see that new creature, uh, just a puppet really with, I believe they even said five people who were inside him to operate him, just flashing back to what it took to, get Jabba the Hutt to look the way he did and operate in Return of the Jedi. So it was just great to get this stuff. I remember seeing it like, oh, man, I was looking at this on my phone. I got to turn my computer on and see these images in like, bigger size and their full size, see all this detail. It just, yeah, it just got me really pumped up because just like you said, this is a new Star Wars movie being made right now. And I remember when I got my first, one of the first issues of Star Wars Insider that had early set photos from Tatooine. I just remember looking at an image, just two random characters who are just extras that are in the background. 
I just remember thinking to myself when I saw it, I'm seeing Tatooine in a time period before A New Hope. This is before the Death Star was built. This is before the Empire was formed. I'm seeing Star Wars like history almost here in this picture. And now I got the same feeling with these Episode 7 set photos. I'm seeing what for presume, we're assuming is Tatooine set 30 years after Return of the Jedi. This is Star Wars territory never even dreamed we're going to see in a movie. I just that thought of it seeing images of Star Wars set 30 years beyond Return of the Jedi just gets me so excited. I just love looking at these. I get what you said about kind of having these leaked images that I'm sure the filmmakers didn't really want coming out, but at the same time, it's like you just can't help but get excited when you see these as a fan. I remember, like I said, this happened with episode one, episode two, episode three, and this gets me really pumped up for it. Even though, like we said, there's no main characters in there, there's none of the main cast like John Boyega or Daisy Ridley, who were, who we know were in Abu Dhabi filming. There weren't in these set pictures, but still, it just looks like Star Wars. It looks like Tatooine. And then, like we said, seeing these structures and buildings that are taken straight out from Ralph McQuarrie's concept art is just awesome, man. <laughs> I just almost couldn't sleep that night after I saw it. I just kept <laughs> looking at the pictures on my phone. And eventually, maybe by 4 or 5 a.m., I went to sleep. But <laughs> yeah, it was just awesome. I mean, like you said, looking at them again, right now just yeah, just has a smile on my face and this this is just the beginning imagine the stuff we're gonna get later on that's official i mean once we see like cost actors and costumes and like official stills or even official set pictures this is gonna be mind-blowing <laughs> like yeah this is just the beginning yeah in fact i think i saw this on our twitter feed like i didn't see it till i woke up in the morning and i saw this on our twitter feed and i saw that you had posted it at like four in the morning or something i'm like geez tim how late were you up looking at this stuff <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely exciting. Now, I don't know if you thought about this, but one thing that kind of crossed my mind, um, especially after we saw J.J. Abrams' response to this, which I'll get to a little bit later, but, um, I mean, one thing that sort of popped to mind for me is pretty early on, I know J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy had uh, talked about sort of how they were going to deal with um, the, the modern, like, media culture and everything and how, like, obviously a lot of movies get spoiled online before they come out nowadays and there's leaked scripts and leaked set photos and everybody wants to know everything about a movie before they go see it and sort of how they were going to balance that with um the fact that they want to keep episode seven a secret and they want to keep like that special magic of like finding stuff out for the first time when you see a movie and they were talking about how they were going to sort of try to strike a delicate balance between those two and uh you know still keep their secrets and not let any big reveals out but at the same time kind of um, you know, give fans some glimpses along the way and not try to be like totally secretive about it. And so I kind of couldn't help but wonder if this was some sort of like publicity stunt. Um, I mean, also the fact that they got, you know, that TMZ got like 40 pictures that all of these are like pretty good, you know, professional quality pictures. It's not like it's some paparazzi person who like snuck onto the set and there's like some blurry picture or like a shot of John Boyega in costume from really far away or something like that. It's like, it looks like guys are like posing for these pictures or something and they haven't, I mean, Lucasfilm hasn't like asked TMZ to take them down or anything like that. Yeah. So I'm like, is this some sort of publicity stunt where they acted like it was this big leak or something, but really like Lucasfilm gave them these pictures and was like, Hey, you know, we're going to pretend like this is a big leak or something because that's what happens nowadays. But really, this is just going to be us like giving fans a, a behind the scenes glimpse. Yeah, I've heard of that uh, going around a lot. A lot of people speculating about that where Lucasfilm kind of allowed it. But 
I don't know. I never, didn't really think about that when it first uh, happened, but I was surprised, like you said, that the next morning they were still up there. I was kind of thinking, oh, I better look at these now a lot before I go to sleep because they're going to be gone by the time I wake up. But they were still there. So that was pretty much the only thing that had me puzzled. Like, why isn't Lucasfilm telling them to take it down? And then, like, like I said, we're going to mention JJ's picture that he sent um, with his note. But I don't know. Part of me still believes that this isn't necessarily a Lucasfilm stunt that they're pulling, like just allowing them to have these images up. But it is puzzling kind of a way that they let them have this uh, site up now for uh, about a little over a week now with these images. So I don't know. Part of me thinks, no, Lucasfilm, if they're going to release them, they'll just do it themselves and not have someone else do it. But it does make you think, like, why are they still up there? So I don't know. It's kind of hard to put it all together and find out the truth. If these were really leaked by TMZ or in Lucasfilm was just allowing them to put up there, or did Lucasfilm let them put them up there, but they're not saying so. So I don't know. <laughs> in the yeah. end, it's like in a few more months, probably when we see more images, it's not really going to matter. But it does make you think about it a little bit. Yeah, well, definitely something to think about. Um, but then about a day later, we got another set of leaked photos. And this time it wasn't from the set in Abu Dhabi, but this was from the soundstage in London where they're filming all their like interior stuff on green screens and all that kind of stuff. Um, and we've got some pictures. This one wasn't quite as many photos. It was 22 instead of 40 this time. But we've got sets of or pictures of like sets of the Millennium Falcon being built. And it looks like they're actually building like a full size model of this thing with um, I mean, you see it in various stages of construction, but there's like a full cockpit. You can see all this like scaffolding and platforms and stuff and like the interior of the hallways and all that kind of stuff around the ship. And um you know, it, it definitely looks like you can tell this is the Millennium Falcon. Um, again, I'm sort of flipping through these here as we're looking at them. I don't know if they have any shots of like the whole thing completed, but um, it's definitely like from the stuff you can see, you can tell it's definitely the Falcon. They've also got another shot of the uh, the quote unquote hog squaddle sitting in here in the studio. <laughs> um, and then they've also got shots of what looks like an X-Wing and a lot of people have been reporting like, Oh, it's the, the millennium Falcon and an X-Wing coming back for episode seven. This is not the same X-Wing that we saw in the original trilogy. Um, and I think it's pretty cool that they're, uh, I mean, obviously it looks really similar and you can tell it's based on the same ship, but they're, they're giving it a little bit of a redesign for episode seven. And Tim, I don't know if you noticed this, uh, kind of the same stuff, but it definitely looks like the nose is shorter um, and a little bit more more slanted and kind of pointed down. And it still looks like it's going to have the four wings that fold out, but it looks like it's only, it, it's they're going to be sort of extending from just one engine on either side. Um, whereas, you know, in the originals they had like, obviously you've got the two wings that open up and each wing sort of has an engine on top of it or below it right next to, you know, sort of the main cockpit and the main body of the ship. But this one, it's just got one engine on each side and then the wings that extend out from there. And it looks like, I mean, it almost looks like they've combined the design of the classic X-Wing with the design of the uh, Z-95 Headhunter, which is basically uh, sort of like a sort of, I don't know, a lower version of the X-Wing or something like that, I guess, which is supposed to be sort of like faster and lighter, but not quite as uh, well-armed and stuff like that. And it's only got like one engine on either side and one wing extending out with like a laser cannon on each tip. 
Um, so it looks like they kind of went for a cross between those two and then also shortened it up a little bit. So I don't know if we'll still see the classic X-Wings or if this is just like, you know, the X-Wing 2.0 that they're going to be using all the way through the uh, sequel trilogy. But I thought it was pretty cool that uh, that they did a little bit of a modification to it while yet still making it look pretty recognizable as the same type of ship. I'm going to be honest. When I first saw this image, I didn't pick up on any of those differences. I just thought it was so cool to see a new X-Wing model being built for Episode Seven because I always thought it could be in it, but I was kind of expecting to be see a bunch of whole new vehicles and ship designs that we haven't seen before, with the exception of the Millennium Falcon. But when I saw this uh, image of this X-Wing being built, I was like, oh, cool, we're going to see X-Wings in Episode Seven. It, it pretty much looks the same to me, but then I heard the reports that you were talking about, a lot of people saying how the engines were different and then uh, the cockpit was a little, sleek, little sleeker. And then when I looked at it again, I was like, okay, now... I see what everyone's talking about. It does look different, but I just think in the excitement that I had of just seeing the next wing ship there just made me miss it. But yeah, I think it'll be cool to have it look a little different than what we're used to in the original trilogy set 30 years later. So it's kind of the best of both where we get the familiar classic look that we always love of the next wing plus having it a little different because next wing's always been one of my favorite ship, maybe my favorite ship of all of out of all star wars so i'm just glad it's going to have some presence in episode seven it'd be kind of cool if i think if maybe only luke has it or it's the ship he's only known to fly for the most part and everyone else has different uh designed uh spaceships or vehicles but luke is the only one with the next wave that might be kind of cool just to kind of set him apart and maybe there's something he can't let go of where he just loves how an X-Wing flies and you're not going to pilot any other ship. <laughs> but yeah, it was definitely exciting to see these images, but I don't know. I don't know which ones made me more excited or more excited to see these ones from Pinewood Studios or the Abu Dhabi ones. Kind of leaning more towards Abu Dhabi since it looks like Tatooine. We've seen extras. We've seen the creature, even though he was in this one. And just the location of seeing Tatooine was pretty neat to me. So I don't know if you've had a particular set that got you more excited out of these batches. Yeah, well, if I had to pick a favorite, I would probably go with the uh, the spaceship ones from the Pinewood Studios, even though I guess that's less of a surprise. I mean, you kind of get to see more new stuff in the, the Tatooine pictures because, I mean, again, once the original cast was confirmed to return, we all pretty much knew that the Millennium Falcon was going to be in Episode yeah. Seven, but still, just to see it being built... And then also to see not only an X-Wing, but again, like a, a new version of an X-Wing that's got some modifications to it, I think is really cool. And like you were saying, I think it's just cool to see, um, in general, like I like when they do sort of the callbacks to the original trilogy in terms of the vehicle designs and things like that, but doing like slightly modified versions of them. Like in episode three, I love the ARC-170 Starfighters because it's like, they look a lot like X-Wings and at the same time, they're not X-Wings, but it's like, it's in the same universe. It's set 20 years before A New Hope. So you can clearly tell that these are like the predecessors to the X-Wings. And again, it's one of my, like the X-Wing is one of my favorite ships too. So I love seeing that callback to it. Um, and you know, all throughout the prequel trilogy, you see the ATTEs that are obviously like the precursor to the Imperial walkers and all this other kind of stuff. So, I mean, I hope we get some more kind of stuff like that in episode seven, obviously the millennium Falcon looks like it's pretty much going to be the same thing. Although maybe there'll be, uh, you know, a couple different details or modifications on there that they've changed. But, um, I mean, from what we've seen so far, that looks pretty much like the classic design, but whether all the 
ships of the, I don't know, the rebels or the new Republic or whoever the good guys are going to be in this movie, whether they're all these modified X-Wings or whether, like you were saying, this one is just going to be Luke's and everybody else has some newer type of ship. Um, I just hope that, you know, even more than this, we, we see, uh, just some design elements that are, um, you know, just sort of callbacks to the previous movies. Maybe the bad guys have some ships that look similar to TIE fighters or something like that. So, I mean, I can't wait to see more of this kind of stuff and just see, um, sort of that cohesive look that like makes the whole universe come together. You know, it's like, even when we have new ships, they, they look new enough to be cool and unique on their own. And yet they look similar enough to the old ones to, you know, remind you that like everything here connects and that this was the precursor to this. And this is like the follow up to this and that, um, you know, all this stuff sort of bounces off of each other and sort of reflects the same designs and all that kind of stuff. Um, and also, I mean, when you were saying like, maybe this one is just the one that loop flies, I sort of got that impression just by the fact that at least from the photos we've seen, there's just the Millennium Falcon and then this one X-Wing. So it's like, you know, maybe this is the first one they built and they're on their way to building a whole lot more of them. But if this is going to be the only one, then you would think, yeah, that it's got to be Luke's or at least belong to like one of the other main characters in the movie and maybe Luke handed it down to them or something like that. But, um, I mean, maybe there'll be more of them in the movie, but if this is the only one, I would guess that it's definitely going to be Luke's own, like, personal ship. Or maybe everybody else is going to be flying these new ones, and Luke's the only one who still flies, you know, the original X-Wing from Return of the Jedi. But, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I can't wait to see, because you know the Falcon's going to have a grand entrance for its first shot in episode seven. It's going to have a big reveal showing it. It's going to be awesome. You know, it's going to be big cheers and applause once we see that on screen for the first time again. I just can't wait to see the reveal of the Falcon again for the first time because it's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. See, I don't know if it's going to be like something, you know, maybe half an hour into the movie or something like that where it comes into a, a big battle or maybe even, you know, they wait till the end of the movie to reveal it. Um, like maybe there's going to be a big space battle or something and Han's like, okay, let me, you know, get the Falcon out for one last ride or something like that. But I also think there's a a very good possibility that, I mean, we know every Star Wars movie starts with the, the title crawl going up into space and then they pan down to like a planet or something and we see a spaceship going by. And I think there's a very good possibility that the very first shot we see of episode seven could be just the Millennium Falcon coming onto screen. Um, that's true too and i think you know either of those options i think would be really cool but yeah like you said regardless i think the the moment we see the falcon for the first time is going to be really cool and it's going to be some sort of grand entrance yeah even though it might mean it won't be in the movie a lot i kind of like your idea of how maybe saving it for the end where han has to go back and take it out for one last flight maybe it's not running quite (laughs) right like it usually does but han still has to take it out this one like last time and maybe that'll be the last time we see the both of them. Who knows? But I kind of like that idea of kind of saving it for the end. But yeah, who knows? <laughs> Either way, it's going to be awesome seeing it again. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, there was a lot of hype and a lot of talk going around about those photos. And uh, then J.J. Abrams tweeted out a picture that was sort of his own response to this. <laughs> um, and he, he just like tweeted out a picture of a note and, uh, you know, just like a small handheld or handwritten note that he wrote on a piece of paper. It says, I wish people would stop leaking photos from episode seven and making ridiculous claims that the Millennium Falcon is in the movie. And, you know, <laughs> signed JJ. Now, 
at first some people might hear that and think, oh, so you mean these pictures are fake and the Falcon's not going to be in the movie? Well, the picture that J.J. tweeted out is this note is sitting on the Dejeric table that, you know, Luke, or that uh, Chewie and R2 were playing their game on in the Millennium Falcon in A New Hope. So um, it's, you know, sort of he's having a little bit of tongue-in-cheek fun with that there. And obviously it's sort of a... Uh, indirect way of confirming that yes, the Falcon is going to be in the movie. But again, I think that's something that doesn't really come as a surprise to anybody. Yeah, at least no way to hardcore Star Wars fans, that's for sure. But this whole image of him sending that note out was just awesome. I just love the attitude and sense of humor he has so far with making a Star Wars movie. And just going back to the previous note that we saw of him to the cast and crew saying how let's give the world a great movie, they're expecting it. So he's showing the uh, care and passion that he has for Star Wars and wanting to get this movie right at the same time having fun with it when stuff like this happens too. Because like you said, it's just so funny seeing that note saying, oh, they're making ridiculous claims that the Falcon's in it and then you see it on the Dejeric table right there. <laughs> it's just great. So I just love the sense of humor and the attitude JJ is showing so far with uh, making episode seven. So hope it continues throughout the whole production. Yeah. And again, I mean, this kind of made me think like, well, did Lucasfilm know about this or were they okay with these photos coming out? Because, I mean, he does say, I wish people would stop leaking photos from episode seven, but he doesn't say like, you know, he he doesn't seem really upset about it or anything like that. And uh, obviously you would think with something like this, if it got leaked out ahead of time and the, the filmmakers weren't ready to reveal it yet or something, they'd say like, well, we can't confirm or deny or, you know, we weren't uh, ready to reveal that yet or something like that. So, I mean, either J.J. was sort of in on this the whole time or he at least is, you know, taking it really well and saying like, hey, guys, please stop. But yeah, OK, the Falcon's going to be in the movie. You probably guessed that anyways. Yeah, I kind of think I wanted to believe the latter for that one where he's just having a bit of fun with it, even though maybe he probably wished those images didn't get leaked out. But yeah, either way, it was still... Another small thing that made last week so great to be a Star Wars fan, just seeing this uh, little trinket of news and images throughout the whole week. And this was another little thing that added to the excitement of it. Yeah. And now, I mean, like I said, I'm kind of hoping that we don't get a whole lot more leaked stuff because I definitely want it to stop before they start posting pictures of like spoilerish scenes in the middle of filming and all that kind of stuff going on. But um, it's definitely been cool to get uh, some first glimpses at some of the ships and sets and costumes and stuff um, going on during the movie. So um, yeah, I'm definitely happy we got to get a look at it, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, I I'm good for now. Like this is sort of, uh, you know, appeased my appetite for wanting to see more stuff from episode seven. And now like, I hope they don't keep, leaking more stuff and spoiling the movie for all of us well i'll let you know how they are if any more do come out because <laughs> <laughs> as much as i said i like to try to avoid them uh, it's probably not gonna be possible <laughs> yeah well we will see but uh yeah hopefully there's not too much more stuff but um i mean moving on from that we've got some more stuff regarding the cast uh, there was an interview in variety recently with james earl jones and of course they asked him about uh, the Star Wars movies, and they mentioned, you know, Disney's planning three new Star Wars sequels and a variety of spinoff films. Darth Vader may have died in Return of the Jedi, but is there any chance he'll be involved in these films? And he says, oh no, I've got no illusions that I will, that I will, or even have hankerings to be in them, but I'm very proud to have been part of the original. Um, and they said, will you see the next Star Wars film when it comes out? And he says, perhaps, I have no idea where they'll go with it, but I hope they sustain the success of the first ones and do it well. 
Um, and again, this is one of those things where it's like, I don't know that any of us necessarily were expecting James Earl Jones to be in it. Um, and honestly, I mean, no offense to him. He's a great actor. I love his voice. I mean, obviously he's iconic as Darth Vader and, uh, a lot of people also recognize him as Mufasa and the Lion King. And he's you know a great actor who's had a great career, but I do not want to see Darth Vader come back in episode seven. So, um, you know, I'm kind of glad that he's not coming back to Star Wars just because of what it would mean for the story and all that. And of course, you know, if they wanted to, they could have him come back as a cameo, like as another character or something. But this isn't like uh, the Wedge Antilles situation where Dennis Lawson was like, oh, no, I don't want to be a part of that. It would be boring. You know, it's like I think it's definitely fair for James Earl Jones to say, like, I don't need to be involved in that. My time has passed because his character died. And I think, you know, Darth Vader being redeemed and his death and everything is sort of, you know, it's part of the story of that character. It's part of what makes it so iconic and so beloved by fans. And so I'm perfectly fine with Darth Vader not returning for Episode 7. Yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement with you there. I mean, we've heard the rumors before early on, really, about how Darth Vader might be back or someone's going to steal the armor or someone else is going to be Darth Vader or whatever. But when I read this and his quotes, it kind of made me think the same thing. Well, it's probably going to be good because I didn't really want to see Darth Vader in this new trilogy. I wanted to see new villains and new characters. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing, seeing Anakin in here as a Force ghost or something if they want to bring Hayden Christensen back. Go, go with that. But as far as seeing Darth Vader in the armor... Um, yeah, unless it's a flashback or a holocron or something, yeah, really don't want to see him return like in a physical form again. But yeah, so that's what I thought of when I read this. So this kind of, so far anyway, you never know. Maybe he's lying. <laughs> he is going to be have a part in it doing Darth Vader. But as of right now, I tend to believe that Darth Vader is probably not going to be in it. Which, like you, I'm kind of happy about. Yeah, and you know what? I'm even fine if like the just sort of the legacy of Darth Vader or maybe the imagery of him, you know, his mask or his armor or something like that sort of plays a part or makes an appearance in the story. I mean, maybe the new villain is trying to, you know, recover Vader's mask or something for whatever reason. I mean, even that would be kind of weird, but I'm like, if the movie has some sort of reference or callback to Darth Vader, I would be okay with that because obviously he's a huge part of the Star Wars universe and a, a huge character and everything. But as long as we don't see any sort of attempt to like resurrect him or yes. anything like that. I'm like, yeah, just, just leave him where he is. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, I mean, aside from that, there also was, uh, this past weekend, Mark Hamill made his first appearance at star Wars weekends in Disney world. And there was a lot of stuff going on with that. I mean, they were, Disney was definitely, uh, making a big push to promote that because it's the first time he's ever been there for star Wars weekends. And, uh, I mean, obviously, this coincides with the fact that he's uh, coming back for episode seven. And I think this is definitely, um, you know, part of their sort of early campaign to promote the movie and everything. Um, But uh, yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on there. I mean, there was an interview that he did with the Orlando Sentinel uh, before this was like in the week leading up to star Wars weekends. And they talked about some stuff with him um, about episode seven. And uh, they asked him about like preparing for the role. And he says, I've altered my diet. I've started working out. Um, but on the film itself, I toured the departments. I looked at wardrobe and I saw the creature shop. Um, I went around and met all the cast people, saw the technicians working on some new things. 
Um, and then he's talking about like spoilers and stuff on the internet. And he said, this is a whole different world on the first one. No one cared. The second one, there was a lot of interest, but it was before the internet. I tell people we're not trying to annoy you or tease you or play some massive game. Basically what the goal is, is to keep the surprises for the movie instead of spoiling them on the internet. And as we've said, you know, completely in agreement there, I, for one, definitely want to find out as much for the first time when watching the movie rather than like finding out leaked stuff online. Um, and then lastly, he said, uh, you know, he's talking about reuniting with his cast members for the original trilogy. And he says, I hadn't seen Tony Daniels or Carrie Fisher or Harrison Ford or Peter Mayhew in ages. It was wonderful to see them again because I didn't expect to. Again, this is also unexpected. It's like getting out that pair of pants you haven't worn in five years and finding a $20 bill in the pocket. Oh, this is nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's great to see that... Uh, you know, that he's excited to be back uh, in Star Wars. And I'm sure, yeah, just like most of us fans, like the actors probably never expected to be back for Episode 7, um, especially when it's been so long since the originals. I know back, like, in the 80s, there was talk of doing a 7, 8, 9 after 4, 5, and 6, but instead Lucas went back and made the prequel trilogy, and when it's been, like, 30 years since the original trilogy, I know a lot of us as fans and probably a lot of the actors as well thought, like, okay, well as far as stuff after the original trilogy, like the, the movies and everything are pretty much done. And now it's like, Nope, they're back with more. So, uh, it's definitely great to see that, you know, Mark Hamill and all these guys are getting back into it and they're excited to be part of star Wars again. What I like too, from this interview that he did with the Orlando Sentinel was that how he talked about not just of his training and preparing for episode seven, but how he got to tour a lot of the different apartments. How he said, he's looked at the creature shop, his wardrobe and the, the technicians. Cause I have a feeling that probably not all of the actors did that, but I just know Mark Hamill gets so invested in this project. I mean, we've seen the behind-the-scenes videos for A New Hope, how all the questions he was asking George Lucas and just trying to find out as much as he can and just has such an interest in it because he's pretty much a fan like us. And I just think he had this like almost like a kid in a candy store again where he's back to a set of Star Wars. He wants to see the creature shots. He always said he's a fan of like the Muppets and all that and how he wants to see the new versions of that, that they're doing for this movie. So when I read that, I just made me think of the enthusiasm he had back when he was first cast as Luke and now it's probably coming back again for the new Star Wars movie. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, and you know, I didn't even think of it so much as him being like a kid in a candy shop, but more of him sort of like inspecting the stuff and making sure... Mm that it was sort of what he was hoping for because, I mean, even before the uh, the announcement that the original cast was returning for the movie, um, I remember in some interviews he was pretty vocal about, like, okay, well, if they're doing a new Star Wars movie, I really hope that they sort of go back a little bit to the, uh, the style of how they made the originals and there were a lot more practical effects and puppets and costumes and all that kind of stuff and not just, you know, a whole lot of CGI. Um, and the prequels weren't all CGI. I mean, they had... Um, you know, some, some measure of, of physical sets and uh, props and stuff like that in there as well. Um, probably more than some people give them credit for, because if you look at yeah. some behind the scenes stuff, like they still use some miniature sets and models and all that kind of stuff. But, Especially for episode one. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, Mark Hamill was one of the more vocal people saying like, I really hope that they kind of strike a good balance between the CGI and the practical effects and don't just go all CGI with it. So um, I just sort of pictured him, you know, walking around and looking at the, the physical costumes and masks and, uh, you know, the big hog squaddle and the physical models of the ships that they're building and stuff and just walking around and going like, okay, yeah, I'm good with this. Like, this is going to feel like classic Star Wars again. And they're not just going to have me running around in front of a green screen, waving my lightsaber stick around. Yeah. Well, hopefully while he was inspecting, he was still having a 
great time and geeking out over all the cool <laughs> creatures and props and stuff. Oh, I'm sure he probably was doing that too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then, I mean, him talking about his diet and his workout routine and stuff, you can definitely see that that's paid off because then uh, there was a picture that went out from Disney. And again, this is promoting his appearance at uh, Star Wars Weekends and all that. Um, it's a picture of Mark Hamill posing with Mickey Mouse and Mark Hamill's just in his regular clothes. Mickey Mouse is in a Jedi robe and they've both got lightsabers. And uh, I know they put they put this out mainly just to you know promote him showing up at Star Wars Weekends and the whole Disney aspect of it. But my first reaction when I saw this photo was, wow, Mark Hamill's looking good. Like you can tell he's <laughs> definitely slimmed down for this movie over the past few months or something. Because um, we've seen some pictures of him. I mean, obviously there was that whole cast photo that uh, was released like when they announced the cast for the movie, but he's sitting down in a chair. You can't really see that much of him. Um, and there have been some other pictures, um, where like people spotted him in London or something. And there've been a couple pictures we've seen from that, but I think it was mostly just his face and we've seen him with the beard before and thinking like, Oh, okay, cool. Like Luke's going to be rocking the, the Obi-Wan sort of Jedi mentor beard. But I guess it's been a while since we've seen like a full body picture of him because when I saw this, I was like, man, he has lost some weight and he's looking like he's, you know, ready to play a, a fit Jedi master again. So uh, he's definitely looking good in there. Yeah, it was such a cool image. I mean, I said or tweeted this out where it's not an official episode seven image or an Im image from the movie, but it gets you just as excited as one would because you're seeing Mark Hamill, like the physical shape that he is going to be for episode seven, holding a lightsaber in a cool Jedi pose. <laughs> like you just look at that image and you see Luke Skywalker, which is really cool. And I got to say, too, I'm glad he, the lightsaber color he had was blue. Because to me, that's always going to be his true color. But mm -hmm. <laughs> hopefully well, yeah, we'll not get in episode seven. I don't know. But. He's holding a, a Luke slash Anakin Skywalker uh, Force FX lightsaber, you know, with the blue blade and everything. Although I have to say, I really like the green lightsaber from Return of the Jedi. Um, I mean, him with the, the black outfit and the green lightsaber. I mean, that's sort of my favorite version of Luke. I mean, just Return of the Jedi in general. Like, I like Luke in A New Hope. I like him in Empire Strikes Back. But uh, Return of the Jedi is the only movie where Luke's my favorite character. And I think, you know, just seeing him sort of reach that, finally sort of reach that plateau of Jedi Knight is uh, is really cool. And so, I mean, I have no idea, obviously, what his costume is going to look like in this movie and if he's going to still have his lightsaber from Return of the Jedi, or if he will have gone back down into Bespin and gotten his one back from uh, <laughs> Empire Strikes Back, or if he'll have a completely new one. But, um, I mean, obviously, like we said before, I don't, whatever it ends up being, I hope it's just, uh, you know, sort of something new, but at the same time with a little bit of a callback to the original trilogy and just sort of some of those same costume and prop designs and stuff. Maybe we could see him go back to Ilum or go to Ilum for the first time and just say, you know what, I dismiss my blue lightsaber. I'm going to go find a blue or a crystal. <laughs> and maybe he runs into Hu Yang somewhere. <laughs> oh, man, how cool would that be? <laughs> I mean, even though I like the green lightsaber better, just seeing anybody go to Ilum to, to get a lightsaber crystal and build a lightsaber in these movies would be really cool. Now let's get a standalone movie about that, how Luke is unhappy with his green lightsaber and he wants his blue one back so bad. <laughs> <laughs> We see him travel to all these different planets to get his blue lightsaber. Yeah, that and then ultimate movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then there were a couple of videos released too. Um, there's one that's just like a minute and a half, and it's uh, just kind of a, a video, you know, hyping up his appearance at Star Wars Weekends and just sort of promoting that. But he talks a little bit, uh, just talks about Star Wars fans in general and um, 
talks about how he likes interacting with the fans and he's always impressed by like how much uh, trivia about the movies and stuff that they know. And um, just, you know, nice to see that he has a good relationship with the fans and he's excited to, to interact with them. And then another video is uh, this like 45 minute long video posted by uh, Inside the Magic and they post a lot of stuff from Disney World and their events and stuff there. Um, and it's uh, a full video of his interview that uh, James Arnold Taylor did with him there at Star Wars Weekends and, um, you know, talking about returning to Star Wars and being at Star Wars Weekends and all this kind of stuff. I mean, I haven't even watched the full video myself, but I'm sure there's a lot of good stuff in there, including a bit where he uh, kind of combines his two most famous roles and acts out a little scene with Luke Skywalker and the Joker. So uh, that's definitely something to check out if you... Uh, want to just get more excited to see Mark Hamill in Star Wars again and to see him talking about it for a while. Yeah, it really is a must-see. Like you mentioned, just for that particular uh, conversation he has with Luke Skywalker and the Joker, it's just awesome. <laughs> but, um, of course, he doesn't get into full detail with Episode Seven. I think the only thing he really says is that, of course, the beard he's growing is for Episode Seven, and how he's kind of disappointed it hasn't come in fill, like fuller <laughs> than he would want it to. Seems like he has trouble growing facial hair and he wants it to be fuller, but that was pretty much about it. But it's still a great panel. I mean, seeing him talk with James Arnold Taylor is great. There was a, a kind of a cool Q&A they had where they got Twitter questions and then James Arnold Taylor had this like list of like rapid fire questions. Like, what's your like favorite Star Wars character? What character would you like to play? And what's your least favorite Star Wars sound? <laughs> and he did a whole <laughs> funny story about that, how... He tied it into the Wampa because when he was filming that scene where he had to chop the Wampa's arm off from its Kai's cave, he was talking to the set people and the creature guys saying, like, I'm just going to nick him, right? Luke's really not going to harm him or, like, chop him up or kill him or anything. Like, no, 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 yeah, you're just, like, going to nick him and make your escape. Then he just talked about how, like, disappointed he was when he saw the movie and realized that Luke chopped his arm off. <laughs> <He> was like, <laughs> they lied to me. They're like, I'm an animal lover. I don't want to hurt this guy. <laughs> so just fun stories that he told from the set of Star Wars, stuff like that, which is really cool to hear. So, yeah, definitely check it out. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, and uh, I mean, again, there's been like so much hype and stuff around uh, just Mark Hamill's appearance at Star Wars Weekends, but um, great to see him returning. And, uh, you know, of course, we've got all this other stuff going on surrounding Episode 7, but there's also been some news about the uh, the Star Wars standalone films. Um, and this was another thing that's just sort of heaping on the pile last week of all the Star Wars news that yep. we got. Um and it was announced that uh, Josh Trank, who directed the sci-fi movie Chronicle, Tim, I don't know if you've seen that, but I uh, haven't seen it, but I know it uh, was pretty well received. And he's going to be directing, uh, well, we don't know necessarily if it's one of the next, if it's the next standalone film, but he will be directing another one of the Star Wars standalone films. Um, and I mean, I, we can assume probably that it's going to be the second one. Um, we know that Gareth, uh, Gareth Edwards is directing the first one and that's coming out in December, 2016. We haven't gotten a release date for this film. Um, but if they're still, you know, planning on doing one a year, then we can assume it's going to be, you know, episode seven in 2015, the first standalone film in 2016, then episode eight in 2017. And so this next standalone film would probably be in 2018, if I'm counting right. Um, yeah, episode 8 in 2017, this one in 2018. Um, no details yet on what the movie's going to be about, who's writing it, who's in it, anything like that. But uh, we do have another director for one of the standalone films. 
Yeah, this news was real surprising to me last week. I mean, all the stuff we covered already was good enough to last Star Wars fans for a week, and then we had this. To, like you said, just add to the excitement again. But I wasn't expecting any news for just your first standalone film that got announced with uh, Gareth Edwards and Gary Whitta for a while. But to get something on the second standalone film, I was really shocked to you know, find out we're getting a director for it. And like you, Kyle, I haven't seen Chronicle. Just chalk it up to another uh, person involved with the new Star Wars movie that I haven't seen their work yet. But like you said, I heard it was really well received and that it was a good movie. So now I want to go check it out. But yeah, I mean, just gets me excited to get that they're moving along. Lucasfilm really has a plan set in place for these movies to start coming out, which hopefully is on a yearly basis. And I know a lot of attention came to the quote that Kathleen Kennedy gave where she says that... Um, he is such an incredible talent and has a great imagination and sense of innovation that makes him perfectly suited for Star Wars and for this new slate of movies that reach beyond the core characters and storylines as episodes one through nine. A lot of people were kind of speculating on what she really meant by saying the core characters. But to me, it was really pretty much what we knew all along. We knew what these standalone movies aren't going to be focused too much on the main characters we're going to see in uh, the episode movies. So it's mainly going to be the side characters, which we all thought. So to me, that wasn't really too surprising. But a little thing I liked seeing was that how she said episodes one through nine. And, you know, there's still talk going around or just fans hoping or wishing that episodes one through three are going to be like part of the Legends category. And it's not going to be part of the canon. So just again, reaffirming episodes one through three are part of the canon, whether you like it or not. (laughs) Stop saying stuff like that. So, man, I haven't even heard that before. Like, this is the first time I've heard that anybody's hoping that episodes one through three are going to get put under the Legends banner. And that, I mean, I'm sorry to anyone who who thinks that, but that is like the dumbest bit of wishful thinking (laughs) I've ever heard. I mean, to think that they're going to take half of the movies that George Lucas himself created as part of the Star Wars universe and you're going to, you know, shelve those as being non-canon. I mean, come on. Yeah, like, really, I mean, you're that desperate or you hate them that much to think that they're actually going to do that like uh, i hate seeing those things i wish they would go to go away but it doesn't look like they are so because okay let let me let me sort of play devil's advocate here and let's pretend disney did want to do that because somebody disney doesn't like the prequels like here's why it doesn't even make sense from a business standpoint because if they make if they take episodes one through three and say okay this is no longer canon then now the movies in the official canon are just four through nine, which doesn't really make sense. It's like, why are you going to start with episode four? Although that's what George Lucas did back in the seventies. But like, by the time he announced that he knew that he was going to go back and make sequels of or make prequels eventually. So it's like, if they're going to just sort of cancel out one through three, then you just leave the series numbered four through nine. And you could either restart the numbering, you know, rename episode four as episode one, or they could go back and remake the prequels and even if you're going to remake the prequels and make them better, I mean, people have so much hatred for the prequels anyway. They're probably not going to do that well because, I mean, even if they do make them better, there are a lot of people who are going to be like, I don't need to go see that again. You know, why would you remake Star Wars Episode One? So, I mean, yeah, they're they're just going to leave it the way it is for those of you who, for those of you who don't like it. Oh well, and the rest of us are going to enjoy all that Star Wars has to offer and not just half of it. Yeah, it would just be a mess either way. So it's just stupid to even think about it. Yeah. 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 Of course, there's still the vocal. I I like to think about the vocal minority. And 
I still like to think most Star Wars fans, the majority of them, maybe the prequels aren't their favorite, but they still respect them enough to know that they're part of the canon, even if you have some problems with it or not. So, yeah, just stop having that wish that they're going to be done away with or stop talking about it or spreading rumors how that might be a possibility. Just stop it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll admit that the prequel trilogies, you know, or that the prequel trilogy has its faults, that it's not as good as the original trilogy, and I'm not demanding that everyone love the originals and the prequels equally, but at the same time, I mean, I really don't understand these people who hate 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 the prequel trilogy and i mean i was on well we can talk about the, we'll bring this up a little bit later when we get to the uh, the video gaming news but um there was a video posted on ign.com um and the two guys in the video were talking about the star wars battlefront game coming up and um just sort of giving their thoughts on it and one guy was like i hope we don't even see anything from the prequel trilogy in this game because i hate the prequels and i posted something in the comments about it and the the guy who was in the video who's also like a moderator on the site responded to me and we got in this debate and i'm like (laughs) you know he was saying like the prequels are a cancer and the only way to get you know the only way to like not let it infect the rest of the movies is just to to cut it out and i'm like I I almost pity people like that. Like the rest of us are enjoying six Star Wars films, and you can only enjoy half of them. Yeah, um, and I can understand if you don't enjoy them as much, and you know if you have gripes with Jar Jar Binks or Hayden Christensen or some of the romance dialogue or whatever. But to completely write those movies out, like there's worthwhile stuff in there. I mean, you're going to tell me you find nothing enjoyable about Darth Maul or the pod race or the battle on Mustafar or, you know, the battle of Geonosis or anything like that. I mean, come on. Yeah. I don't see how you could really call yourself a star Wars fan. If even like that stuff, you don't think is cool. Like the stuff you just mentioned, then the example you were giving for battlefront, you wouldn't want to see those cool action sequences and, like cool character designs, lots of the clone troopers and the vehicles that they had and the great battles that took place during those movies just for a game where it has nothing really to do with the story. You still don't want to see that. To me, that's a lost Star Wars fan right there. Yeah, exactly. And lost. <laughs> I mean, and the, the, the example I use too, because I mean, again, I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself here and we'll talk about this more at the end, but in the stuff that they showed for Battlefront at E3, it was pretty much just Hoth and Endor. And he was like, oh, great. You know, they're just showing the original trilogy and like, hopefully that's all that's going to be in the game. Although they were saying like, there's probably going to be some stuff from episode seven in there because this game is probably going to end up coming out around the same time as episode seven. But they were like, oh yeah, maybe, maybe there won't be any prequel stuff in here. And, you know, one of the comments I posted, I was like, okay, regardless of your feelings about the story surrounding it. Like, you're going to tell me that playing the Battle of Geonosis on a next-gen console with, you know, the the Frostbite 3 engine that they're building Battlefront on and having a massive battle between tons of clone troopers and tons of droids with lots of gunships and walkers and tanks and explosions and, you know, destructible environments and all this kind of stuff. You think that wouldn't be cool at all just because you hate the prequels? Like, come on. Uh, you're, you're getting me all fired up and mad at these. <laughs> <laughs> I will say if they do leave all the prequel stuff out because of that, I will be extremely disappointed with Battlefront if they do that. Oh, I highly doubt that that's yeah. going to be the case. Um, but yeah, hey, it's been a while since we've gone on a good long tangent rant. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm like, I don't even remember exactly how we got on this topic. But I think the last thing we were talking about was the Star Wars standalone films. So, um, I mean, we've got Josh Trank directing what we assume is the second one. 
Um, and they also just announced it was just announced today, like literally maybe within an hour or so before we started recording this episode that, um, the first Star Wars standalone film is already scheduled to shoot at Pinewood studios in the UK, uh, next year after they're done filming episode seven there this year. Um, and this guy, okay, I'll admit, I have no idea what this is, but it was announced by the UK chancellor of the. Exchequer, I something like that. I'm guessing it has something to do with entertainment or business or something like that. Um, and he's talking about how it's going to, it's this guy named George Osborne, and he's talking about how it's going to provide you know opportunities for employment and business and things like that in London. So, And then he tweeted out a picture of himself with J.J. Abrams and Kathy Kennedy and R2-D2. And uh, you can see that they're in Pinewood Studios near that set of the Millennium Falcon because in the background you can just see sort of like the front window of the cockpit. So it's like if we needed any more uh, confirmation that the Falcon's going to be in the movie, there it is. But uh, yeah, so just a little bit more detail about the, the standalone movies as well. And it's always nice to get a new set picture from Episode Seven. I guess an official one <laughs> to say, even though we don't get too much besides R two D two and like the cockpit window of the Millennium Falcon. Still cool to see, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, one last thing uh, regarding the movies is that this guy named Tony Toe, who I guess has uh, been he spent like the last three years as the vice president of production at Walt Disney Studios. Um, and, you know, being in charge of, like, the the production of their live-action films, he has now been hired as the uh, head of production and development at Lucasfilm. Um, and so he sort of, like, uh, reports directly to Kathleen Kennedy, and he's sort of right under her as the head of um, being in charge of, like, uh, production on, you know, their film and TV projects. Um, and one thing that's interesting in here... Um, it says, this is from Variety.com, and it says, Toe will now oversee all live-action and animation production as as Lucasfilm has six new films and several TV projects in various stages of development on its slate. Um, and, of course, you know, we know about the six films because we've got episodes seven, eight, nine, and we know they're working on at least three standalone films that they're planning. Um, but the fact that it says several TV projects in various stages... I'm like, pretty much the only one we know about right now is Star Wars Rebels. And uh, Tim, you and I were talking about this a little bit before the show, and I was wondering if maybe they're including Star Wars Detours at that point, which is uh, the animated comedy show that Seth Green worked on that they've sort of uh, put on hiatus because of the Disney buyout and all that, and they didn't really think that uh, putting out this show at this time would be like sort of the best timing for it. And they don't want this to be people's introductions to star Wars. So who knows, maybe they'll release that show after episode seven or something like that. But um, I mean, that's only two projects and it says several TV projects. So it's like, are there more animated shows in development? Are they working on more clone wars episodes? Are they working on live action TV shows? Um, is this also including some of like the Lego star Wars animated TV specials that they come out with every now and then. So uh, that's something definitely exciting to think about and wondering, you know, maybe what other Star Wars projects are in development that we don't even know about right now. Man, more Clone Wars episodes sure would be nice. It <laughs> but would be nice, wouldn't up. it? Yeah, I won't get my hopes up for that. But yeah, just more stuff to speculate about is how much and what type of stuff they have in production. Remember, I think we brought this up not too long ago, too, but there was those rumors of the Darth Vader TV special or something to that regard from that list of what they have planned for 2014 to 2015 so i wonder if maybe that's part of it or something but yeah it's definitely more changes and movements going on at lucasfilm and so to have a new head guy to oversee all this stuff and 
like we said, it's not just like TV projects and uh, it's other stuff like ILM and Skywalker Sound. So he's pretty much like a new head honcho over at Lucasfilm, who of course he'll report to Catherine Kennedy, but there's like another new Boston town, it seems like at Lucasfilm. So hopefully he brings some more uh, good new content to Star Wars and not even just Star Wars, maybe Indiana Jones stuff that we can expect because yeah, we know there's more Star Wars movies coming. If we get more TV shows, that'd be great too. And who knows what else they can do. So it's definitely exciting to look forward to what this new guy is going to bring to Lucasfilm now. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, speaking of Clone Wars, this was just announced. Um, I believe this was also today that uh, the Clone Wars Lost Missions, the sort of... Uh, abbreviated season six that was released back in March on Netflix. It's no longer uh, Netflix exclusive. This is now also available on iTunes, on Amazon, on Google, Microsoft, Sony, Verizon, and Vudu or V-U-D-U. I'm assuming that's another, I think I've heard of that. It's like another video service, but I don't really know much about that one. But um, the one thing I was kind of bummed about with this is that on Amazon and uh, Amazon Prime and their video service, like you can buy the episodes for Clone Wars, but they're not available like for instant streaming like they are on uh, Netflix. But um, I mean, I know for for people who've been waiting to get to see these episodes who don't have Netflix and you know haven't wanted to buy a Netflix subscription just to get to see these, um, now you can buy them on iTunes, on Amazon, and on all these other. Uh, video services so i'm sure that's good news for a lot of people still no uh news of a dvd or blu-ray release yet which i know a lot of people are still hoping for and uh you know hopefully we'll get that eventually maybe like around the holidays or something they'll finally announce like a physical release of that um but uh yeah i know i mean i'm kind of happy with it anyways because i've already got it on netflix so i'm like you know i was fine with that but i'm sure like there are people that are excited about this and if they uh, get to show these episodes to more people now because it's on more platforms then great you know there's some great episodes and the more people that get to watch them the better yeah exactly i will say when i first saw the title of the story how like the clone wars is coming to other platforms i was hoping and expecting like you mentioned oh come on blu-ray and it wasn't there but like you said it'll probably come out eventually on blu-ray but just have to be a little more patient. And like you said, it's great that more people who maybe don't have Netflix just now have more options to go to to see these awesome episodes because they must be watched if you're a Star Wars fan. <laughs> yeah. In fact, one thing that uh, almost got my hopes up a little bit when I first saw this, I forget where I first saw the, the announcement or the article or whatever, but I mean, the first thing I saw, it just said um, something about like the Clone Wars season six coming to seven new platforms or something like that. And so I saw Clone Wars season and seven in the same uh. sentence and my heart kind of skipped a beat. And then I realized they weren't talking about new episodes or a new season. Oh man, if that happened, geez, we're talking about how great last week was. That would make this week even more awesome. <laughs> that was the case. Yeah. Like I think if that were to happen, I'm, might well i was gonna say i might have just stopped and recorded a new episode on the spot but that this news came out today anyway so um but you know it's definitely uh i mean exciting anyways but yeah if they were to announce that they're making more clean wars episodes i would be one of the happiest people on the planet yeah <laughs> you would be both yeah but i mean i'm happy with the lost missions and that was uh Definitely a great way to you know give some more closure to the series and uh, just get to see a last a, a few last adventures before the show ended for what we think is for good. Um, you never know what the future might bring, but uh, yeah, I'm just glad we got those and uh, you know now people can watch them on more platforms. So um, 
get on. And we still got the Darth Maul comic too. So. That too, that too. And uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to the second issue of that coming out in a week or so. Yeah, I, I want to say that comes out Wednesday the 18th. We can definitely say this month, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, they're going to be coming out one a month Yeah. Um, for the rest of the summer, like May, June, July, August. So um, I know we're both excited about that and definitely going to be uh, reading the rest of those too to kind of see how Darth Maul's Clone Wars storyline wraps up. But uh, so that's the you know brief bit of Clone Wars stuff. And then we've got a few things regarding Star Wars Rebels. Um, one of them is, uh, there was a book con going on recently in New York and, uh, there was, you know, a flyer or pamphlet or something like that, that had some information about rebels in it that, uh, happened to indicate that, uh, the Star Wars rebel series is going to be premiering in October. Um, which is not really a surprise, uh, seeing as how that's, I think that's when all the seasons of Clone Wars, uh, started airing. Um, and you know, this is between September and October. Yeah, I guess there was, yeah, there were some that, that aired in October. I know when the series first started, I remember the first season aired like the first weekend of October or, you know, the first Friday or something like that. Um, and so, yeah, this, I mean, on this pamphlet here, it just says Star Wars Rebels premieres on Disney XD in October, 2014. So again, I mean, I guess you could count this as official confirmation, but we haven't really, seen like a press release or anything like that from Lucasfilm or Disney and uh, no solid release date yet. It just says October, but I think this is pretty credible. Yeah, I could definitely see it happening then, even though I was hoping it would be a late August or early mid September premiere date, but October is definitely like not a stranger to episodes or even series premiering. So yeah, if it says that there are probably just a matter of time before we get the official announcements that it will be October and a specific date, hopefully. So we can just mark that calendar, that date on the calendar and just anticipate and anticipate its premiere. Yeah. Now I'm still wondering if, um, I mean, if they're still going to have a one hour special to kick off the series that they said was going to air on Disney channel over the summer. Um, and of course we're, well, I guess it's not officially summer yet. That starts on like the 21st or something, but, um, I mean, you know, we're into June now. We still haven't heard anything about that. And it's been a while since we've heard anything about that. So I'm wondering, like, are they still planning to um, start that, you know, or, you know, air that special in the summer? Or is that just like sort of what the series premiere is going to be in the fall or something like that? But hopefully we get some more details about that soon. Yeah, it's got to come in the next few months during the summer. Because <laughs> we're getting ever closer to that fall or <laughs> late summer premiere date. So it's only a matter of time. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll find out about that sooner than later, but, um, you know, hopefully we'll get a, a premiere date or something like that pretty soon. Um, also, uh, Billy D. Williams, we heard some, some sort of rumblings going on earlier that uh, he might be involved in Star Wars Rebels as Lando, like he had kind of mentioned it at a convention earlier, um, and it was like he said he was involved in Rebels, and then his manager was like, oh, no, he's working on this other show called The Rebels on... I don't know, it was like on Netflix or something like that. And it was kind of some confusion, like, is he in Rebels? Is he not? You know, who sort of let this slip? Well, it seems like now we've sort of got some even more solid confirmation. Um, and he was, this was when he was uh, being interviewed by James Arnold Taylor at Star Wars Weekends. And uh, he pretty much confirmed right here uh, in this show that he was doing at Star Wars Weekends for the audience. Uh, he said that he was involved in Star Wars Weekends. So, uh, or Star Wars Rebels, I'm sorry. He said, uh, yeah, he was enjoying working on Star Wars Rebels. So 
I think that's about as official confirmation as you can get. I mean, again, nobody has come out and denied it. And, uh, I mean, it's, this comes straight from the man himself. So, um, we don't know for sure if he's going to be playing Lando or some other character, although obviously the assumption would be that he's playing Lando. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll just have to, to wait and see when that series comes out or maybe, you know, we'll get, a an official preview or clip or something like that before the series. But, um, it would definitely be exciting to see, you know, Lando and any other, um, original trilogy or prequel trilogy characters, you know, returning to make appearances in that show. This is like one of those rumors where you're just kind of for sure that it's going to happen, but it hasn't been officially confirmed. Almost like uh, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher returning to episode seven, because you've heard about this so much and it's been out there, Billy Williams camp and just other reports that have been online saying that oh, he's going to be in it. And now he said that himself at Star Wars Weekends that he's enjoying the fact that he's involved with Star Wars Rebels. I think even James Arnold Taylor like made a comment about it too and confirming that he's involved with it. So our waiting now is that official confirmation from Lucasfilm. So again, is that 99.9 point another nine <laughs> <laughs> certainty that he's going to be in it. So, but see, I'm thinking if it's going to be a while before we get that official confirmation, because part of me thinks maybe he's one of those. Uh, guest spot characters that they're saving for the end of the season, kind of like what they did with Clone Wars with Boba Fett and Darth Maul. So maybe it's going to be a while till the end of the season till we know for sure if Lando's going to be in it. So who knows? But it seems like they should at least confirm it pretty soon because almost everybody who is interested in Rebels knows that Billy Dee Williams is probably going to be in it at this point. Yeah, well, you know what? I kind of hope that's not the case just because I'm pretty sure I've said this before, but I mean, there were some times on the Clone Wars when, I mean, I loved seeing Qui-Gon or Admiral Akbar or Captain Tarkin or anybody like that that, uh, you know, was in the original movies or Chewbacca, um, you know, characters like that from the films that they added into the Clone Wars. But I would have loved it if they had kept some of those appearances a surprise. Um, obviously, when it's something as huge as Darth Maul coming back, I know they're going to hype that up ahead of time, but... You know, when they put out a press release ahead of time saying like, hey, Qui-Gon Jinn is returning to or, you know, Liam Neeson is returning to voice Qui-Gon Jinn in the Clone Wars. It's like, OK, that's cool. But when he's not like the main character of the episode, when he's just like sort of a cameo or, you know, a guest appearance, he's in like a, a two minute scene with Obi-Wan as a force ghost. And it's really cool to see him again. But I would have loved if they had kept that a surprise. And I'm just sitting there watching the episode for the first time. And then you hear his voice and go, holy crap, that's Qui-Gon. Um, you know, I, I would have loved it if they had just like kept that stuff under wraps more. Now, at the same time, I understand that they're trying to get more viewers and, you know, trying to hype this stuff up ahead of time so people will watch the show. But at the same time, I think they're taking away from the experience a little bit for the fans who are already going to be watching it. And I kind of feel the same way with Lando here. I mean, the fact that this is, I mean, maybe Billy D. Williams just let it slip, but if they're talking about it this far ahead of time, I'm, I mean, I'm not really expecting Lando to be, a main character on the show, but maybe he'll be a recurring character or maybe he'll be a guest character for, you know, two or three episodes. But if it's just a brief appearance in one episode, like I really hope that they wouldn't spoil something like that this far ahead of time, because it would be really cool to be surprised just by that nice little cameo moment. But if it's something that's going to be a bigger recurring role, then I don't mind them talking about it that much because it's not as much of like a little, kind of Easter egg type thing. It's more of a sort of steady, continuous thing that we're not really going to be as surprised by. Yeah, and how cool would it be if he is going to be in it and it's the time period where he has the Falcon 
and not Han. <laughs> or maybe we'll actually, if they ever get to the point, if they want to bring like the main characters from the original trilogy, like Han Solo, and we see him lose a Falcon, <laughs> there's tons of possibility they could do with Lando in this series. So hopefully when it gets confirmed that he is in it, uh, it'll definitely be something I'll be excited to see how they handle the character and seeing him in his uh, younger days, well, hopefully with the Falcon. It should be interesting and fun. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, who knows if they'll bring Han into it, but I would say of the three main original trilogy cast members, um, if, like I would think Han is definitely the most likely to make an appearance on the show. Yeah. Um, seeing as how he's the oldest of the three and we don't really know much about his backstory and he's kind of out in the galaxy doing his own thing. Um, I think there's definitely room for him to sort of bump into the Rebels crew. Um, whereas, you know, Luke is still a teenager farming moisture on Tatooine and Leia is still a teenager learning how to do Royal Princess Senate kind of stuff back on Alderaan. Um, so although I guess I wouldn't be surprised if they incorporated those characters into it, especially since we know, pretty much know that R2-D2 is going to be in it. I mean, we've seen, um, some comparisons of like concept art between Chopper and R2-D2 and the R2-D2 concept art did not look like the R2 from the Clone Wars. Um, so, you know, I would assume we're probably going to see R2 in the show. And if we see R2, we could see Leia since he's sort of, well, I guess, you know, he's not necessarily in her custody at that point, but he's in the custody of the sort of the um, higher ups on Alderaan who uh, Leia is also associated with. So we could see her at some point too, but I definitely think Han would be the most likely bet for an original trilogy cast member to make an appearance. Yeah, I agree with you about Han. And I think that'd be the one I want to see the most because if they do certain things that were taken from the EU in a way where he was part of the Imperial army, either as a stormtrooper or a type fighter pilot, that'd be really cool to see. So maybe they're going to start, uh, with Lando and then build their way up with some of the more familiar original trilogy characters. Hopefully it, the show lasts that long where they can you know, build their way up toward that to seeing those familiar faces because it'd really be cool and maybe even, I don't want to say set things up for episode seven, but just getting those characters into the show a little bit before episode seven and just, I guess, maybe getting some more younger fans exposed to them in a way. So I don't know. It's definitely uh, interesting to see or wonder what they're going to do with that. If Lando's just the start of something bigger for more familiar characters showing up. Yeah. And again, I mean, just like they did on Clone Wars, I'm sure we'll see plenty of familiar faces pop up over the course of the series. But uh, also, I mean, something you mentioned uh, just a couple minutes ago, like even if we don't get to see the original trilogy cast members return, I think it definitely would be awesome to see, like when we see Lando in the series, see him with the Millennium Falcon, because I think that would make perfect sense. Um, like it's still, I think the series takes place, what, like five years before New Hope yeah. or something like that? Yeah, so, I mean, it's not like Lando would be super young or anything. He would definitely be old enough to own his own spaceship, and we know that Han got it from him at some point. So, I mean, if we see... Lando with the Falcon if we happen to see Han win the Falcon from Lando um, that would be pretty cool and I know we've said this before too but like we know there are going to be Wookiees on the show and if we see the the moment when Han and Chewie meet for the first time that would be really cool too man that'd be amazing and awesome <laughs> I just picked it off the Falcon isn't it just like you see a shot of the ghost but then you see the Falcon like make its way towards it and maybe the crew of the girls go on the Falcon they're just in awe how maybe much bigger it is and just how much of a better ship it is than the ghost <laughs> just kind of have that comparison yeah that would be pretty awesome to see um, and there were also a couple new clips that they released from Star Wars Rebels at Star Wars Weekends um, well they've released a few clips um, I think at Star Wars Weekends that we haven't seen yet 
Um, like each weekend, I think they've had a cast member from Star Wars Rebels there and they've shown off a different new clip from the show um, that they haven't posted online. But they've, uh, I mean, the, the official Disney you know, YouTube channel or whatever has posted two videos that are like a minute long and a lot of it is just sort of like hyping up Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars Weekends and they're, um, you know, interviewing fans there at Disney World asking them what they think about it and stuff. And then uh, towards the end of these videos, there's maybe like a 15 or 20 second clip for Star Wars Rebels. And there's a different clip in each one of these videos. Um, they're both pretty cool. I mean, one is uh, got uh, Chopper like switching off the gravity in the middle of this fight. And, you know, you got Ezra or uh, Kanan, I think, and uh, Zeb and those guys like shooting at some stormtroopers. And then um, Sabine and uh, Chopper like fly out of this control room and blow it up behind them and stuff. Um, and the other clip, it's been a while since I've watched these. I don't even remember what the other clip is. Um, the other one's actually where uh, Kanan ignites his lightsaber for the first time and the stormtroopers are shooting at him while the rest of the crew trying to get the the Wookiees out and like into these compartments and the ghosts to pick them up. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, see uh, how bad the shots the stormtroopers are already. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, both of these clips are looking pretty cool, um, yeah. and you know, it's always great to to get to see more and more of this show because I still feel like even though we've had a couple trailers and things, it, I, I feel like I still haven't really gotten quite like a, a solid grasp on like what this show is going to be yet. I mean, I'm excited for it, but I still am like I want to see a little bit more just to kind of get an idea of what it's going to be, what it's going to look like. But these clips both uh, look pretty good. Yeah, they definitely whet the appetites, though, to making you want to see more of it. And like yeah. I said before, I, I think this uh, next few months in the summer, we're going to be hearing a lot more about maybe plot details for the one-hour special or the first few episodes, maybe seeing more clips from that. So we just got to be a little more patient. Yeah. Yeah, but hopefully it won't be too long before we uh, start getting some more Rebel stuff revealed. And again, yeah, if they're going to be premiering it this summer still, like it's definitely going to be in the next couple of months or so that we – start getting a lot more uh, information about that. But uh, on to our last big thing for this episode, which I know, Tim, we've been looking forward to for a long time. Oh, yeah. Uh, building up to, to E3 this week, the big video game show that's going on, still going on, actually, as we're recording this. But um, yesterday was the day of the big press conferences where all the big studios like talk about all their new games and stuff. And, uh, of course, at EA's press conference, we know EA's, like, got the exclusive license to make Star Wars games for the next 10 years or so. And they had announced ahead of time that they were going to be revealing some new information about Star Wars Battlefront. And uh, I know you and I, Tim, and a lot of other people were really excited and, uh, you know, just watching to see what they were going to reveal. And we were thinking maybe new trailer, gameplay video, screenshots, something like that. Um, well, EA kicked off their press conference with this video about Star Wars Battlefront, and it's not really a trailer per se, but it's this uh, two-minute video kind of going behind the scenes with the developers at DICE, and they're talking about um, like the Star Wars legacy and sort of what Star Wars means to all of them, and they've all grown up with it, and it seems like a lot of the people there working on this game are really big fans. And then they show some cool stuff in this video where they actually went out to some of the filming locations from the original trilogy. And you see some of these developers like in the snow in, uh, I think, what was it, like Norway where they filmed the, the Hoth stuff mm -hmm. for, uh, for Return of the Jedi or for Empire Strikes Back. And then they're in the big redwood forest where they film the Endor scenes for Return of the Jedi. And um, talking about how they're just sort of trying to capture not just the visuals of those places, but sort of the the look and feel and the emotions that that evokes and just sort of trying to capture all that and put it in the game. And then they show some really early 
uh, gameplay footage, or I'm not even sure if this is exactly what the gameplay is going to look like, but it's like rendered in the game engine. And the visuals just look, I mean, spectacular, even though this is pretty short and uh, we don't get to see a whole lot of it. But um, I mean, it's like, you know, you get to see some of the early builds of like what the what the forest looks like on Endor and the Hoth. Uh, environment with a snow speeder flying over it and then towards the end of the video you see like a rebel trooper on uh on endor like running towards a speeder bike and he hops on it and starts flying through the forest and then there's uh, a couple AT-ATs like shooting lasers at him and stuff and i'm like man if the game if th like if this is what the game is going to look like and it's going to look this good like holy crap that looks amazing um, and I know we were kind of hoping to see a little bit more of it. Like, I mean, like I said, this isn't really a full trailer and we didn't really get to see like some, some real gameplay footage, but I mean, just getting to see sort of the process of what they're doing to make this game and, uh, you know, just get some, some early glimpses of what it's going to look like. I was pretty excited. So I'm kind of torn on this whole, uh, battlefront video and reveal, and it's probably my own fault. Maybe I was expecting too much because I was really hoping we see some gameplay and a gameplay demo, at least just one level or one section. So when the video first kicked off the press conference, I was excited. Oh, here we go. We're going to get some Battlefront stuff. And we saw the studio dice uh, showing their love for the game and all the stuff they're doing to prepare for it. And then we got that last glimpse of footage that you mentioned of the uh, rebel soldier jumping on the speeder bike and flying through the forest of Endor. And that was it. I just couldn't help but feeling a little disappointed just thinking, you know, we had that great big surprise uh, short trailer last year for the, uh, the snow speeder crashing on Hoth. And we see that at its foot stomping on the ground. And I just thought, man, they had a whole year to get something in development. Maybe something happened because we know there was trouble with Battlefield 4. So maybe that put them behind a little bit. I just couldn't help but thinking they had a whole year's time to get some type of playable early demo for one, just one level. So... On that hand, I was a little disappointed, but at the same time, too, when you watch this video, you just can't help but get excited for the game. I mean, you just got to love the passion that the crew at DICE has for Star Wars and just the care that they're giving it and all the attention to detail. I mean, I was blown away by the fact that they went to the actual locations of filming for the hot battle sequence and the Endor battle sequence. I mean, that's awesome that they're going that far. And I think it's showing already in those early... Um, in it, those early engine demo videos, the hot stuff looked awesome. I and mean, it was only see it from some of the developer's computer monitors, but just from that, it just looks awesome, almost indistinguishable from, distinguishable from the movie. So, and the final build, when that finally gets ready, it's going to look amazing, like you said. So, that's definitely got you hyped up for the game when, it effect, when in fact, we do get new gameplay footage for it. And at the end, it says more to come in spring 2015. So we're going to be waiting still quite a bit before we see more Battlefront. So on the one hand, I was a little disappointed that this is all we got. But then at the same time, the crew's doing a great job. It's looking awesome. And I think by the end of the day, when we get the game, it's going to be an amazing Star Wars experience. And I just can't wait for it. I think that's maybe why I was a little disappointed because it seems still so far off for the final game that to get some to even get us more hyped up like a playable demo and just, just get to see how the battle's going to be in this new next-gen graphics on the Frostbite engine. It just would have been amazing to see at the C3 to get us even more hyped. But we didn't get it, but at the same time, you know it's going to be great when it finally does. Yeah, and you know what? I can't say I was really disappointed by this because, I mean, as much as I would have loved to see a full gameplay demo, I don't think I was really expecting it. Um, I think it's still a little bit early in development for that, especially, like you said, with the delays that they've had with Battlefield and stuff, and we had heard some rumors that that was sort of 
um, putting dice a little bit behind on all their other projects. Um, and so I guess coming into this, I was pretty much expecting either a longer cinematic trailer or something exactly like this. And even though I would have loved to see, you know, some more in-depth gameplay footage, um, that would have just sort of been an added bonus for me. And this was sort of about par for the course in terms of what my expectations were. I mean, if we had seen anything less than this, like if it was just the developers talking about, um, you know, their love and passion for Star Wars and sort of how they're making the game, but without showing any of the in-engine footage like they did, or if it had just been someone coming on the stage at E3 to talk about it without actually showing any, uh, you know, any of this sort of conceptual stuff that they did, then I would have been disappointed. But um, I mean, as far as seeing in-game stuff, this was about as far as I was expecting. And it would have been great to see a cinematic trailer too, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm already really excited for this game. And, uh, you know, I know whatever I see in a cinematic trailer isn't actually going to be what's in the game. So, I mean, that would have been cool to see. But, I mean, I'm happy with what we got. I want to see more, but I can't say I'm disappointed with this. Yeah, like I said, it's probably my own fault for getting my hopes up too high and expectations for what I wanted to see from it. But, yeah, I mean, I just love what they did show. I mean, that transition where you're seeing the actual Redwood Forest of Endor, and then it transitions to the actual in-game uh, footage. It was almost seamless. I mean, you can tell, yeah, it's a game, but it's as, well, hopefully not as good. Hopefully it looked better, but it just looked awesome seeing that footage of uh, of Endor and just how awesome the environment is. I mean, uh, that's only two planets we saw. Can you imagine all the rest that we're going to get? <laughs> like we're talking about earlier, they better include the prequel stuff because that's going to look even more amazing. Kamino, Musafar, Geonosis, Kashyyyk maybe? Uh, <laughs> this game's yeah. gonna be amazing when it comes out yeah definitely i mean yeah like you said all they showed was uh hoth and endor and i'm like i mean you know probably one other classic location that they're gonna have is most likely um you know probably tatooine um but yeah then stuff from the prequels like you were saying camino geonosis uh naboo mustafar all this other stuff that you had in the previous battlefront games i mean i'm not saying that they're gonna like redo every level from the previous games but um, I would, I would think that with the amount of content you have to draw from in the prequels, like you have to include some of that stuff, especially because there are more planets in the prequel trilogy and there are more battles in the prequel trilogy. Um, cause if you're just going to focus on the original trilogy, then, well, what do you have to focus on? Pretty much Hoth and, or there isn't really even a battle on Tatooine, but I mean, you could include that anyways, just cause it's an iconic location and you could you know, make up a battle on there. You're really um, limiting yourself if you do that big time. Yeah, yeah. And then there's like Cloud City and obviously some space battles. You could maybe make a, a level set inside the De inside the Death Star, which they did in Battlefront 2. But and there's a whole lot more to explore in the prequels with, I mean, Coruscant, Geonosis, you know, all those other planets that we just named. So, um, and you know what? I'm sure they're going to include that stuff too. I mean, this is just like a couple of levels that they're showing us early demos of. And I, I'm sure they also wanted to show off the, the fact that they're going to those places and there isn't really anywhere you can go and photograph to, to sort of, um, capture the feel of course on, you know, cause it's all computer generated and, um, you know, they built some scale models for certain areas of it as well, but it's not like you can just go to Coruscant and sort of immerse yourself in that environment. <laughs> but one other thing they showed in the video that was cool was that they also went to the Lucasfilm archives and, uh, you see these guys like taking photo, taking videos and photos of, you know, the Death Star model and R2D2 and snow speeders and X-wings and all this other kind of stuff. So, 
I mean, it, it was really just great to see. Um, oh, and then they, I mean, they also were like photographing a stormtrooper helmet and then they showed like how the, the model in the game is like so sort of photorealistic and, um, you know, almost looks like a, a model that they plucked right from the Lucasfilm archives and put it in the game or something. So, I mean, it's just great to see like the, the care and dedication that these guys are putting into making a great Star Wars game. Yeah, I mean, when you said about them going to Lucasfilm, I thought that would be the extent of them like getting a bunch of references and uh, information to make the game. But like I said, blown away that the fact they actually went to the filming location, which this even shows how much care they want to put into this game and it's how they really want to get it right. So yeah, it was just great that they included all that stuff in the video. So I'm probably being too nitpicky here and saying to being disappointed, but I just can't help but shake that feeling. So, but in the end, yeah still i guess a good introduction for it i mean i don't know for some reason i got more excited when i saw the trailer from last year maybe because it was so unexpected and just the fact that battlefront is coming back and that trailer was so cool even though it was short and maybe i just wanted something more to top that and i just really expected like like you said in either a new cg trailer or some new uh gameplay gameplay demo for one level so i don't know i'll probably still feel this little bit of disappointment with this e3 in fact this, all the games I was looking forward to this E3 have been kind of disappointing. <laughs> we just got a little glimpse of what the future for Mass Effect was, and then today they showed like a few second, uh, I don't even want to call it a trailer, just video footage of the new Zelda game for Wii U, and they all seem cool, but it just like shows like small portions of <laughs> what we're getting. So the stuff I was looking forward to E3 was just really small and teasing, <laughs> not really anything uh, like really full and available to get people to play it or either get them f fully excited how the game's going to look. There's a lot of teasers going on <laughs> for the games I was most excited about. But yeah, I think next year is going to be a whole different story, though. <laughs> That's for sure. My yeah. complaining now will be like <laughs> nothing. It was going to be done away with by the time we're talking about next year's E3. Well, you know, and I can understand where you're coming from, too, because, I mean, like I said, obviously I'm super excited for this game and I definitely want to see more. Um, and I, I kind of was hoping to see more from it, but at the same time, like I'm satisfied with what we got. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, they, they would have had to show less than that to, to make me disappointed. That was pretty much like it, it didn't exceed my expectations, but it met my expectations. And probably because I was, I was trying to sort of temper my expectations a little bit and not expect like a full blown gameplay demo in case we just got something like this, because I know that the game's probably still a ways off. I mean, obviously we're not gonna, it's not going to be released this year. Um, it's, pr I mean, hopefully going to be released by the end of next year, but we don't have a release date for it yet. And we know they're not really going to be showing anything more of it until spring of next year. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I can understand, you know, the, the want to, to see more of it. Um, cause I definitely want to see more of it as well. And I think I probably was more excited at last year's E3 as well when they first announced it, but that's just because I've been looking forward to a new Star Wars Battlefront game for so long that, um, I mean, I, I was just ecstatic that they were finally making a new one, even though it was just a 30-second teaser trailer last year and pretty much told us nothing about the game. Just the fact that after so many years, they were finally making another one, that's what got me so excited last year. Um, because, like, for several E3s before that, I was, you know, kind of would get my hopes up, like, okay, this is the year they're going to announce Star Wars Battlefront Three, and then they didn't. And just being let down so many years in a row, and then... Um, 
I was like, okay, well, EA's bought out Star Wars. They're going to do something new with the Star Wars license. Let's hope it's Star Wars Battlefront. And it was, and I was just like, yes, and was so excited for it. So, yeah, this E3 didn't live up to the last one for me. I mean, I was more excited at the last one, but um, I was just content to to get some new information and some more looks at it. Um, and I'm definitely looking forward to whatever they're going to show us next year in the spring. Now we were talking about this before we recorded, um, kind of speculating about when that might be that we'll see some new stuff because I mean, there are game conventions going on all year and obviously E3 is the biggest one, but they have a couple more in, um, in like around the springtime, uh, that usually happen in March. And those are, uh, the Penny Arcade Expo PAX, uh, PAX East, which is, they have like in Boston, um, the, I think the main one is in like Seattle or something, and that's like in the later part of the year, but, uh, PAX East is in March. And then also the GDC game developers conference is usually in March every year. So we could see something at one of those two conferences, or we were also speculating that we might get to see something at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim next year, which is going to be in April, um, and I mean, I'm sure we'll probably get to see something there. I don't know if that'll be, uh, if, if that's this, uh, spring date that they're talking about, like if that's going to be the first time we get to see any more new stuff about Battlefront, or maybe they'll reveal some more information about it at one of those other conferences. And then maybe Celebration Anaheim will be the first time we get to see, um, or first time we get to play a hands-on demo or something like that. But um, you know, I mean, whenever it ends up being, I just can't wait till, uh, next year when we finally get to, to find out more about this. But yeah, I mean, we're both as of right now, hoping and planning to get to go to Santa Celebration Anaheim and to be able to get our hands on the game there would be so cool. Yeah. I have a feeling that Celebration Anaheim is going to be its a big debut in a way. I think they probably will have some playable demos there and maybe reveal some more information or on the other hand, maybe to, They'll reveal more information at Celebration Anaheim, but then E3 is probably going to be two months after that, so maybe that's when it'll be playable for the first time. So kind of thinking they might have to pick and choose when they want to reveal certain things for the game because they have two big events not too far off from each other where they can do it. So should be exciting either way. I'm hoping it's Celebration Anaheim because definitely going to that. I probably won't be going to E3, so <laughs> hopefully it'll yeah. be playable at Anaheim. Yeah, and uh, I mean, then the other thing too is... Um, we know that there's at least one other Star Wars game in development right now at Visceral Studios, and we've talked about how um, they got the creative director from Naughty Dog to come, and, or who is working on the Uncharted games, to come and uh, you know be the head creative director on this game. Um, and so it seems like you know they're starting to get a team together and get things underway on that game. And I was maybe a little bit surprised that we didn't get an announcement about that. Um, but I, I guess my prediction would be that we'll we'll hear something about that game before next E3 and probably before maybe even before the end of this year. I'm thinking, you know, like I said, with uh, with several more game conventions throughout like the end of the summer and fall, we could hear something about it there. There's also the uh, VGAs, the video game awards that they have every year around like November or December. And uh, obviously that's not like as big of a convention where they have, um, you know, sort of hands-on demos and all that kind of stuff. But they usually do uh, announce a few new games around that time every year and show some new trailers and stuff. So maybe we'll get the announcement of a new Star Wars game there. Um, and then, you know, if not, then, you know, maybe we'll get something early next year. But it seems to me like they would uh, at least have something to announce 
within a year, and I don't think it'll be um, you know until E three next year that we'll have to wait to hear about that. Yeah, or they just have Celebration Anaheim be nothing but Battlefront new information, gameplay demos, and everything that you would expect at E three at Celebration, and then maybe E three will be the announcement of the new uh, Visceral game or another new Star Wars title we don't know about. Either way, I just want Battlefront to have a big presence at Celebration Anaheim. <laughs> just yeah, so I can experience it firsthand. Well, you know, I'm pretty sure it will. And at the same time, it depends on how far along they are. I mean, if they don't have, yeah. if, if they're still early enough in development that they, that they don't have a, a playable gameplay demo, then, you know, we won't get to play it. But, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get to see something there. Um, I know, I think back at Celebration 5, they had like the first playable demo for Star Wars The Force Unleashed. So at least we know like they've uh, they've had like big video game presences at those conventions before, and uh, you know so there there is definitely a possibility that we could get to play something or see something there. But uh, you know that's still almost a year off, so uh, we'll just have to wait and see and uh, get excited in the meantime. But yeah, definitely can't wait to to find out more about Battlefront and also um, you know whatever new projects they've got working. And hopefully, on, so. too, uh, Dice their new game Battlefield Hardline doesn't have any issues with their multiplayer what they have to pull people from the battlefront team to fix that oh yeah please not <laughs> the battlefront team alone so they can get that game out on time yeah yeah definitely although i mean right now it doesn't have a release date so you know it's not like they're gonna have to push back the release date because we don't even know what the release yeah. date is right now but but you I know mean, they want it out for episode seven you just know they do oh they yeah that marketing time. yeah i mean yeah if i had to predict a, a release date for the game it would definitely be sometime around the holidays next year but at the same time um, I mean, the, the people at EA and DICE have already said so far during E3 that, you know, there's no planned release date for the game yet and that, you know, they're not they're not comfortable announcing a release date for the game until they're close enough to kind of get an idea of when the game is going to be done. Um, and they've said, like, you know, a lot of studios will sort of set a release date for a game and sort of work backwards from that, just trying to get the game done in time for the release date. And that's not what they want to do here. Like, they just want to make sure that they get a quality game made. And then once they've, uh, you know, once they're, once they're happy with it and they kind of know about when it'll be done, that's when they'll set the release date. So, I mean, that's what I sort of like to hear just because as much as there's a part of me that wants them to finish this game yesterday so I can play it now, like, <laughs> you know, I, I would rather wait for a finished quality game than, than have them rush out a, a half-baked game just to meet yeah, a release date because as much as i'm just happy that they're making a new battlefront game like i'm even happier that they're it, that it seems like they're really going to to great lengths to actually make it good make it feel like star wars and to make a, a quality gaming experience that star wars fans are really going to enjoy yeah and so far all signs are pointing to that way just from that video that we saw if nothing else that video definitely showed us that they're taking it very seriously and want it to be as great as a Star Wars game that there ever was. Yeah, definitely. But, um, I mean, aside from that, the only other new video game stuff is that they also have a new website up for uh, sort of all the EA Star Wars stuff. And right now, obviously, the only thing they've got on there is uh, Battlefront. Well, they've got Battlefront and also uh, Star Wars The Old Republic as part of this site as well. But the website is starwars.ea.com and it's going to kind of be the just the future home of like all the information and trailers and screenshots and stuff for all the different Star Wars games that EA is working on. 
Um, and yeah, like I said, if you go to the website right now, just sort of the big header at the top is the Star Wars Battlefront video from EA, um, or from E3, uh, that, you know, just came out this week. And then they've also got a section for the Old Republic. They've got, uh, you know, just sort of an article talking about the, the new site and welcoming everybody to that. Um, they have a quick note from the Battlefront design director where, again, he's just talking about the the DICE team and how they're really excited to be making this game. They're all Star Wars fans and they're really just, uh, you know, working hard to build a game that uh, they as Star Wars fans are going to want to play and that they think the rest of us are going to enjoy as well. Um, and that again, reiterating that, uh, you know, this is just the beginning of a new adventure and we're looking forward to showing you more in the spring of 2015. So it definitely sounds like um, we're going to be seeing a lot more of this game next year and that, it's still pretty early on right now, but uh, there's going to be some big stuff coming up soon. Yeah, so definitely bookmark that site because they're probably going to be have a lot of first announcements there for new games and even the games you haven't even heard out heard about yet. Because right now it's pretty bare bones, like I said, just Battlefront, Old Republic stuff, and just uh, the announcement of a. Uh, I'm blanking on her name right now, but the I think Amy Henning, who was working on yeah. uh, the Uncharted series, that's the only other story they have on there right now, but. Um, it's definitely probably going to be filled with a lot more content in the years to come, that's for sure. Yeah, and you said bookmark this site. I already did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should take my own advice and do that right now. Too. You probably <laughs> should, Tim. But yeah, that's something I'll definitely be be keeping an eye on periodically. But um, yeah, and you know, E3 is still going on right now. So who knows? We could maybe find out some more Star Wars information by the end of this week, but I doubt it because... Uh, like I said, the first day of E3 is usually when they reveal all the big information and uh, all the new games and stuff. So I think that's pretty much it. Um, but, you know, if we do happen to get some more Star Wars news by the end of this week, then uh, it'll be a ple ple pleasant surprise to be sure. But, um, you know, we'll still be keeping an eye out. Yeah, I'm not getting my hopes up. I think that's it. <laughs> we just got to wait till next year. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if anything, I'm sure it'll just be like interviews with people at ea or dice like asking about battlefront we might get like one or two little tidbits of details but for the most part i'm sure it'll probably be um pretty much just what we got here on the site where they're talking about like oh yeah we're excited for it we're star wars fans we're gonna make it awesome we're gonna tell you more next year so yeah. i wouldn't expect too many more uh concrete details out of it this year but you know no, we might get yeah, no. one or two little things if we do get it, it's probably going to be by accident or a mistake by one of the developers where they shouldn't have said something <laughs> and then they'll get in trouble. Well, that I wouldn't mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Like, I don't want any leaks and spoilers and stuff with uh, with uh, Episode 7, but like, if they want to accidentally reveal some Battlefront info a little too early, I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> Because I doubt it'll be, like, any story spoilers, but it'll exactly. just be, you know, if they say, like, how many classes are going to be in the game or how many planets or, if, you know, what factions you'll get to play as, anything like that. I'm like, yeah, you can, you can tell me that. <laughs> Don't worry about your job. <laughs> <laughs> just give us the information. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, we'll, we'll wait and see if we do get anything else this week, but not likely um as for the episode seven stuff we very well may keep getting more news and rumors flooding in over the next couple of weeks just like we did for the last couple of weeks so um we'll obviously be keeping an eye out for that as we always do um before we wrap up tim you've got an email for us right yeah we got an email from brian bailey who's a loyal listener and he sent this one uh, a few days ago on june 5th he says hey guys could this be 
could this week be packed with any more exciting news? And I mean packed. <laughs> yeah, no, it could not. Right. As well, I wanted to write to you guys to talk mostly about the Episode 7 casting announcement, leaked photos from TMZ, and JJ's awesome response to the said leaked photos. Do you remember when the Episode 7... Uh, do you remember when the episode seven cast was announced? I sent an email saying that I was a little disappointed that there wasn't more female characters in the main cast. Well, I couldn't say it then, but I can say it now that most of those feelings were rooted in the fact that I was in the process of becoming a father. My wife is now pregnant with our first child and the prospect of having a little girl who loves star Wars as much as I do would be a dream come true. In order for that to happen, I would love to see a variety of strong female characters that hypothetical her could get attached to. Well, those possibilities were greatly increased as Lucasfilm announced that Lupita Nyong'o, who won the Best Supporting Actress from uh, 12 Years a Slave, and Gwendolyn Christie will both be in Star Wars Episode 7. I would love to see Lupita play a size adventurous in Episode 7. I think she could pull it off quite easily, and the resemblance makes perfect sense. If you have seen Gwendolyn play Brynia Brath in Game of Thrones, then you know how well she would be able to pull off an incredible strong Jedi while still maintaining her femininity. With the additions of those two actresses, and if they would give Daisy Ridley a pink lightsaber, the next generation of Star Wars fans will be in great balance across genders. Next, let's talk a little bit about the 40 images someone leaked to TMZ this week. I love the giant pig transport. I'm sure you noticed the resemblance to the original Ralph McQuarrie designs. The X-Wings in particular look pretty sweet. Lastly, I love that JJ's response for the leaked photos was posted on top of a degeneric board, which in which in itself is confirmation of the Millennium Falcon will be in Episode 7. Hope Kyle's premiere at the Phoenix Comic Con went well this weekend. And have a great time recording. Well, thanks, Brian, and congratulations on becoming a father. I'm sure you're going to do a great job raising a new Star Wars fan. So <laughs> definitely glad that she's have some new Star Wars movies to look forward to as she grows up. So that's really cool. Yeah, congratulations. And uh, again, thanks for your support with the film stuff. Uh, definitely had a, a great premiere and a great time at Comic Con. Um, and you know, thanks for, uh, for continuing to, to send in your thoughts. Like you said, Tim Bryan's one of our, uh, most constant, um, emailers slash tweeters. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely a lot of good stuff in here and a lot of stuff that we covered, uh, during the show. Um, and yeah, I can definitely understand that sentiment of like wanting to see, uh, more female characters in there with the prospect of, you know, possibly raising a little girl and trying to get her into Star Wars, um, and again, I mean, obviously we've got, uh, some more new actresses in here who are, I'm sure are going to play some great female characters. So I don't think there was anything really to worry about. I mean, even from the beginning when, uh, they announced the first set of cast members and people kind of got up in arms right away. And, uh, they said like, we still have some more announcements to make regarding the cast. Um, although I don't know if that came directly from Lucasfilm, but there were some, uh, reports from pretty reputable sources that like the casting wasn't completely done yet. So I kind of had a feeling like we were going to get at least one more, uh, female cast member added in here. Um, now as for the thing where he says like, you know, hopefully they add, uh, or, you know, give Daisy Ridley a pink lightsaber. I think that might be, I mean, this don't, don't, uh, just take my word for it on this, but I kind of get the feeling that that would be something that maybe would, um, sort of set off some fans or maybe rub some fans the wrong way. You know, um, some of these female fans who want to see like strong female characters, I can see some people being like, Oh, but then you have this female Jedi. And of course you give her the pink lightsaber. Like, why can't she have a blue or a green one? Like all the guys, you know? <laughs> um, so I don't necessarily know that that's a good idea per se. 
Um, you know, I'm not trying to like shoot your idea down, Brian, or anything, but I can maybe see some people having issues with that. I don't know that I'd necessarily take issue with it myself, as long as it was like kind of a cool pink color and not just like the really sort of bright pink that's like an eyesore or something. But um, I mean, whatever they do, I'm sure they're going to find a way to make it work and they're going to sort of take into consideration like how the fans are going to feel about all this. And I'm sure they're going to, um, you know, end up having a great movie with a great cast and great female characters and male characters. And um, I mean, that's sort of my take on this is like, I don't necessarily want to see sort of the like female characters that stand out as sort of strong female characters just for the sake of having them in there. But I just want to see a well-balanced cast with, you know, strong characters all around um, and everybody sort of playing their own roles and really just sort of making the movie great. And, uh, you know, whether they be male or female or alien or droids or whatever, um, just as long as they're all fleshed out and, and well thought out and well developed characters, um, and sort of, you know, strong characters in their own right. But, you know, if you have a, a female character who's more of like a soft feminine character and that works with the story, I mean, that's fine. She doesn't have to be like super tough and cool and everything. So, I mean, you know, whatever they end up doing, I'm sure they'll, uh, they'll do a pretty good job with it. But yeah, I definitely uh, can understand why you and a lot of other people are excited to, to see some more female uh, cast members added here. Yeah, you said it best where as long as all these characters regardless of their gender or their race or whatever, as long as their characters serve the story well. That's all that's important. I mean, like, I understand some of the fans' complaints when they sort of got the casting announcement saying how um, there wasn't enough female rep representation in that casting announcement initially. But at the same time, it's like, um, maybe this... I mean, we kind of, like you said, we expected the announcement to come that there was more casting, but I just knew all along that everything they're doing is just serving the story that they want to tell, regardless, like I said, race or gender or all that stuff. They're casting these characters for a reason and it's for the story. And that should be the most important thing. So now that we got two more female leads, it's great. And I'm sure it's because of the story and not just for the sake of having more diversity in the cast. I think it's just all to serve the story. Cause in the end, that's all star Wars fans want to see great characters serving the great story. And I think we're going to get that. Yeah, as we said before, in JJ We Trust. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again, Brian, for writing in. Um, and again, you know, you've heard our thoughts on a lot of this other stuff regarding the, the set photos and the Ralph McQuarrie designs and all this kind of stuff. It's all really exciting. It's great to see all this stuff. Um, you know, even if uh, it wasn't all um, revealed as JJ Abrams and Lucasfilm planned, but. Um, you know, hopefully the next time we see some photos, maybe it'll be some official behind the scenes photos posted on starwars.com or something, but obviously, uh, some really exciting stuff going on and hopefully it won't be too long before we get some more pictures or information or rebels trailers or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, just as long as we get some, some cool, new, exciting star Wars stuff to talk about soon. And I'm sure we will, cause it's happening all the time nowadays, but, we got spoiled uh, this week, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if we'll get it at quite the pace we did this past week, but I don't know. Then again, I might be okay with that because I had like other stuff going on. And was like, ah, there's so much Star Wars stuff going on right now. I should stop and record an episode, and I kind of can't. <laughs> it won't be a time where it's slow in just our personal lives where we have nothing going on. It'll be slow news, but when we're busy with all this stuff, that's when all the other big news are going to drop one at a time. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. <laughs> but uh yeah but you know what i'm not complaining because exactly. i'd rather have some star wars news than no star wars news 
Yep. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they say no news is good news. I don't think that's true in the case of Star Wars. No, I could, couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least, you know, we could know that nothing bad's going on and we trust that they're just up to whatever they're doing and making the film and uh, kind of just doing their thing. But the more we as fans get to sort of hear about and see and get teased with, you know, we're just going to get more and more excited and eat all this stuff up. So, um, you know, hopefully we'll get some more of that. And uh, you guys know, as always, we'll be back with a new episode for you as soon as we hear some more exciting stuff. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, This episode didn't turn out to be quite as massive as we thought it would, but uh, that's all right. We won't have to make you sit through another three hour episode, but still been a decent chunk of time that we've got to go over all this stuff and talk about some great stuff. So thanks for tuning in. As always, you guys know you can uh, contact us through email at starwarstsc at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Star Wars The Saga Continues. And that's like the first time I've said that smoothly in several episodes, <laughs> so I'm proud of myself. Um, go look us up on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. And uh, you can find a lot of our news posts and uh, things like that on Facebook and Twitter. You know, we'll post out any uh, news stories as we find them and then uh, collect it all in another big episode like this when we've got enough to talk about. Um, and again, thank you to Brian and all the rest of you guys who email us and send us uh, tweets and Facebook messages and stuff like that. Uh, it's great to hear from you. Keep it up. Um, again, I will uh, definitely keep you guys posted as soon as I've got my Star Wars fan film up online for you guys to enjoy. Um, and, you know, hope you like it and get to check that out once I've got it up there. Um, so that's going to do it for us this week. We will see you next time and may the force be with you. See you next time, everybody. Thank you.